UltimateSportsTalk.com now presents Mount St. Joseph University College Football. We're minutes away from today's kickoff, and it's time for the Ultimate Sports Talk Mount St. Joseph pregame show. A comprehensive look at this Lions football game and a chat with Coach Tyler Hopperson. And now, the Ultimate Sports Talk Mount St. Joseph pregame show. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Schuler Field on the campus of Mount St. Joseph University. I'm Dave Mitchell, and this afternoon on UltimateSportsTalk.com, we have got college football action for you today as the Mount St. Joseph Lions on Senior Day, last game of the college football season for the 2017 year, taking on the Defiance Yellow Jackets at 2-6 and six overall. They are 2-4 and four in sixth place in the Heartland Conference. The Lions are 5-4, and four, and they are 4-3 and three and in fourth place, and a win would put them into third place in the Heartland Conference standings coming up later on this week. Now, in case you're wondering why there is a differential in games, it's because everybody... Up to this week has had one bye week in the conference, except for one team, and that is the Lions. And the Lions' bye week is actually in the final week of the conference season, which will be next week. So that is why the Lions have actually played nine games this year, and the Yellow Jackets have played just eight. Well, as we said, coming into today's final game, the Lions, well, they fell last week at Franklin, 66-39. to It was just a bad performance by the Lions as Franklin quarterback Chase Burton went 31 for 37 through the air for 445 yards and six touchdowns in the game. He became the Grizzlies' all-time leader in touchdown passes in the process, breaking Johnny West's previous record of 105. And when you compare that to the 60 touchdown passes, or close to it, that Chayton Tomlin has for Mount St. Joseph heading into this final game of just his sophomore year. You can almost bet that Tomlin will probably just obliterate that mark coming up here in just the next couple of years. But Franklin also had an outstanding receiver in Deontay's Alexander. He obviously is one of the better receivers in the Heartland Conference. And when you looked at him last week, boy, did he really put on a show. He caught a season-high 10 passes for a career-high 196 yards in the game and two touchdowns. Yeah, that's 20 yards a catch, but that's his average for the year. He came into the ball game averaging 22 yards a catch. So he did what he was supposed to do last week. He just did it a little bit better. The Lions today, well, they've got a lot of walking wounded. They're going to be without their standout wide receiver, Grayson Roberts, who has 31 catches this year, leads the team with 12 touchdowns. As you remember last week, when he caught a pass over the middle, he was bent backwards on the tackle and ended up severely spraining his left ankle. Now, it was up in the air as to whether or not he was going to be able to play today, but he has got the white jersey on, and he is not even in uniform. Tyler Hopperton hoped to have him in uniform for today's game, but that is not going to happen. And his replacement, Cooper Earls, is out also a couple of plays after Roberts got hurt. Well, then Earls ended up getting hurt, and he's out with a shoulder injury today. So they both are going to be out today, so that means A.J. Glines is going to move to that wide-out position from his slot position. 
and the Lions are also going to move receivers in and out. Nick Murphy's going to get an opportunity to play today. Kendall Sproul is going to move into the starting rotation. DJ Martin is going to be at one wide receiver. So the wide receivers for the Lions today are going to be very, very different. Aaron Mershman is in his first year as head coach at Defiance. It's his third year overall as a member of the football coaching staff as the Yellow Jackets, but it's his first year as the head man, same as Tyler Hopperton. The Yellow Jackets are led by a freshman at quarterback in Logan Miko. Miko has thrown 11 touchdowns, four interceptions this year, and completing 62% of his passes. And as we said, he is just a freshman coming into Defiance out of Gross Point Park, Michigan. He's 6 feet, 192 pounds. And they depend on a couple of other guys offensively. Devontae Craven and Carl Stokes at the receiver position have combined for 79 catches and 7 touchdowns this year. And at the running back position, they've got Corey Bennett. Bennett, well, he ran for 102 yards last week on the season. He's got just shy of 600 yards rushing in those 8 ball games. And he is going to be one of the men that Mount St. Joseph is going to have to target here this afternoon. The Lions are coached by Tyler Hopperton, a 5-4 and four career record, and Aaron Mershman in his first year with a record of 2-6 and six in his head coaching career. Last year, these two teams met in defiance, and the Lions pulled out a 21-20 victory in the ballgame. We'll talk about that and have an interview with head coach Tyler Hopperton. But now what we'd like to do is, because it is senior day, We'd like to pause and get involved with the Senior Day presentation here this afternoon, and we'll do that here in just a few minutes, and they obviously are not ready to do that as of yet. The Lions football team are all kneeling from about the five-yard line outwards of the 30 on both sides so that the seniors and their parents can walk through the line here this afternoon. It's always a special day when it's Senior Day. And there are 13 seniors on this Mount St. Joseph football team, along with cheerleaders, that are going to be saying goodbye to Schuler Field after today's ball game. As we said, the Lions last week, or last year, won by just a point over Defiance. Mount St. Joseph jumped out to an early 14-0 lead on the Jackets as Chayton Tomlin threw two touchdown passes, one to Kendall Sproul and another to Devontae Martin. Defiance answered back with two Cody Wilson touchdown runs, one of 12 and one of 56 yards. The Lions then went up 21-14 late in the third quarter, only to be followed by Defiance scoring on their next possession. But the key play came as Jordan Osborne stepped to the ball with an opportunity to tie the game on the extra point, and his attempt came up empty, and the Lions held on for that one-point victory last year. That gave them a 6-4 and record a year ago, and that's what they are aiming for here today. If they could pull out a victory here today, they would have a 6-4 and record also in this season. And talking with head coach Tyler Hopperton before the ball game, he said 6-4 and just sounds better than 5-5, five and five. and I would agree. Boy, when you've got a 5-5 five and five record, it's almost like you didn't really accomplish anything. And in his first year as head coach, 6-4, and four, I would think Coach Hop would be very, very pleased with that, and then they can get out onto the recruiting trail and talk to some recruits coming up for next season. We'll be back and have the Senior Day presentation. We'll do all that when we return after this. A dental sealant is a thin coating that's painted on teeth. 
It's a quick, easy, and painless way to help prevent cavities in children. Sealants prevent the most cavities when applied soon after permanent molars come in. That's about age 6 for first molars and age 12 for second molars. Sealants can protect against cavities for up to 9 years. They can be applied in dental offices or using portable dental equipment in community settings like schools. Although the number of children in the U.S. with sealants has increased over time, low-income children are 20% less likely to have sealants and twice as likely to have untreated cavities than higher-income children. Untreated cavities can cause pain, infection, and problems eating, speaking, and learning. Applying sealants in schools for low-income children could save millions in dental treatment costs. To learn more, visit cdc.gov slash vital signs. Now let's join our public address announcer with today's Senior Day presentation from Schuler Field here at Mount St. Joseph University. Group of people, today is Senior Day. First, we would like to recognize a senior member of the Mount St. Joseph Marching Band. Mr. Mero, Ms. Mero Witskin. Mara is a senior who will graduate in December with a degree in music. Miss Mara Witskin. Next, the senior cheerleaders. Miss Abby Bush. Ms. Bush is escorted by Tom and Kim Bush. She has cheered for four years. She is the president of Kappa Delta Pi, a volunteer leader at her church. Her major is inclusive early childhood education. After college, she wants to teach kindergarten or first grade, further her education and certification to work with dyslexic children. Ms. Abby Bush. Miss Courtney Brown. Miss Brown is escorted by Pam and Jerome Brown. This is her first year on the cheerleading squad. She is a biology major with a minor in chemistry and psychology. After college, she wants to get a master's in genetic counseling. Miss Courtney Brown. is escorted by Jill and Mike Dillman and her sister Grace. She has cheered for three years at the Mount. Her major is nursing. After college, she wishes to work in labor and delivery and further her education in midwifery. Miss Sarah Dillman. <laughs> Miss Megan Karachi. Miss Garachi is escorted by Chris and Sherry Garachi. She has cheered for four years at the Mount. Her major, biology. After college, she wants to work in clinical research at Children's and apply for the Magellan program at the Mount. Miss Megan Garachi. Miss Megan Garachi. 
Princeton has been a great experience. Take with you the friendships, the giggles, and all the memories made. You will be missed, Coach. And finally, the senior members of the Mount St. Joseph football team. Number four, A.J. Glines. A.J. Glines is being escorted onto the field by his mother, Lisa Hout, grandparents, Bob and Elaine, and his brothers, Nick and Josh. A.J. is from Harrison, Ohio, and graduated from Harrison High School. Glines is a three-year varsity letter winner and wide receiver at MSJ. A.J. currently holds a 3.7 GPA as an athletic training major who will graduate in May of 2018. His goal after graduation is to attend the Mount's Doctorate of Physical Therapy program next fall. A.J. had this to say about his time at MSJ. Every day spent with my teammates and coaches was truly a blessing. The people I've met and the friendships I've made at the Mount will last a lifetime. I would also like to thank my mom for all the sacrifices she's made to get me where I am and my grandparents and brothers for their continuous love and support, unquote. Mr. A.J. Glines. Number 10, A.J. Cyrus. Mr. Cyrus is escorted by his mother and father, Andrea and Joey, his sister, Savannah, and grandfather, Jim. Cyrus is a graduate of Lawrence County High School in Louisa, Kentucky, and now studies criminology at the Mount. A.J. will graduate in May 2018. His career goals are to start a career with the FBI. He is a four-year varsity letter winner as a quarterback and a wide receiver. His advice to underclassmen... Quote, stick it out through the rough to reach the good. Mount up. Mr. A.J. Cyrus. Mr. Ryan Roberts. Number 13, Ryan Roberts is being escorted on the field by his mother, Tammy, and father, Scott, his brother, Kyle, and his girlfriend, Libby. Ryan is a two-year varsity letter winner from Toledo Central Catholic High School in Toledo, Ohio. A sports management major carrying a business management minor, Ryan carries a 3.25 GPA and will pursue law school next fall in pursuit to become a successful lawyer. Mr. Ryan Roberts. Number 14, Charlie Mullins. Mr. Mullins is a graduate of Newport High School in Newport, Kentucky, and escorted onto his field by his father, Charlie Boswell, mother, Sherry Mullins, and brother, Josh Mullins, as well as other members of his family. Charlie has already graduated from the Mount with a financial economics degree in the summer of 2017 and will graduate with his Master's of Business Administration in the spring of 2018 while carrying a 3.7 GPA. His career goal is to win a football state championship at Newport High School. His favorite moment as a lion throwing the TD pass 
to an MSJ wide receiver to break the NCAA Division III record for most receiving touchdowns caught in a season by a freshman. Mr. Charlie Mullins. Number 15, Nolan Miller. Mr. Miller is escorted on the field by his parents, Tammy and Butch, his brother, Austin, and his sister and brother-in-law, Jordan and Michael Kidder, niece Avery Kidder, and Chad Murphy, Nolan's high school football head coach. Nolan graduated from Northwest High School in Cincinnati and has won four varsity letters as a defensive end for the Lions. He carries a 3.0 GPA as a health and wellness major with a minor in business administration. Nolan will graduate in December 2017 and plans on becoming a strength and condition coordinator and coach. He is extremely grateful for being surrounded by great people for the last four years at the Mount. Mr. Nolan Miller. Number 30, Colby Webb. Mr. Webb is escorted by his parents, Cindy and Tim, stepfather Chris Porter, and sisters Quincy and Alex, stepbrother Zane, and grandparents Sandy, Libby, Scott, and Pete, as well as his girlfriend, Kara. He is a four-year varsity letter winner at the linebacker from Spring Valley High School in West Virginia. He will graduate from the Mount in December 2018 with a major in sport management and minors in business administration and criminology. His career goal is to become an athletic director at the high school and or collegiate level. His favorite memory, beating Rose Holman in overtime in 2015. Mr. Colby Webb. Number 39, Ryan Miller. Mr. Miller is escorted on the field by his mother, brother, and friends. He is a three-year varsity letter winner as a kicker from Pope John Paul II High School in Boca Raton, Florida. He is a marketing major who plans on gaining a job at marketing and branding agency after graduating in December 2018. He had this to say about his experience at the Mount. Quote, I'm thankful for everyone who has made my experience as a college football player a success and one to remember. Mr. Ryan Miller. Number 57, Caesar Dillard. Mr. Dillard is escorted by his grandmother Beatrice Travick and aunt Myra Travick. Caesar is a three-year varsity letter winner as a linebacker for the Lions, hailing from West Carrollton High School in Dayton, Ohio. He holds a 3.0 GPA as a health and wellness major with a minor in exercise science and fitness. His career goal, to improve the lives of others through therapeutic recreation. Mr. Caesar Dillard. Number 67, Mike Mullen. Mr. Mullen is escorted by his father, Mike Mullen, and brother, Joe Mullen, 
Mike is a product of Runcully High School in Indianapolis, Indiana, and has become a four-year varsity letter winner for the Lions on the offensive line. He will graduate in May 2018 with an English major and a minor in history and currently carries a 3.6 GPA. His career goals are to be a film writer, director, and producer. Mr. Mike Mullen. Number 73, Mitch Stecht. Mr. Stecht is being escorted on the field by his mother, Beth Brown, father, Dennis Stecht, stepfather, Scott Brown, twin brother, Matt Stecht, and grandmother, Mary. Mitch is a one-year varsity letter winner as a defensive end from Holy Cross High School in Covington, Kentucky. He carries a 3.5 GPA and will graduate with a criminology degree in May of 2018. After graduation, Mitch will be pursuing a job in the criminal justice field. Mr. Mitch Stecht. Number 79, Max Svoboda. Mr. Svoboda is being escorted by his parents, Mike and Cheryl, grandfather Bob, brother Robbie, and girlfriend Alexis. He is a product of Archbishop Muller High School, who has since become a four-year letter winner as an offensive lineman for the Lions. He carries a 3.7 GPA and will graduate in May 2018 with a major in criminology and a minor in business administration. His career goal is to own a private security company. His favorite MSJ football memory, beating Rose Holman in overtime in 2015. Mr. Max Boboda. Number 85, Michael Tucker. Mr. Tucker is escorted by Brita Richardson and Jarrell Richardson. He graduated from Mount Healthy High School in Cincinnati and is a one-year varsity letter winner for the Lions as a wide receiver and running back. He plans to graduate in May 2018 with a business management degree and is pursuing a career of owning his own company. He is extremely thankful for his opportunity to play at the Mount. Mr. Michael Tucker. And finally, number 99, Dustin Applegate. Mr. Applegate is escorted on the field by his parents, Tawana and Mike, and his grandma, Shirley. He graduated from Elder High School in Cincinnati and has earned three varsity letters in his time as a defensive lineman for the Lions. He carries a 3.0 GPA as a criminology major and plans on pursuing a career in federal law enforcement after graduation. Mr. Dustin Applegate. And that will do it for today's Senior Day festivities. And uh, Blake Watson's going to be joining us here in a little bit. But did you notice how many of these kids are graduating with degrees that have something to do with 
criminal philosophy or criminal justice, it's a good idea to stay in good with most of these guys as the future comes around. Well, we're going to have a shortened interview with Coach Tyler Hopperton coming up here in just a moment, but this gives us an opportunity to just go over what is going on in the Heartland Conference today. First of all, let's look at what happened last week in the conference. Hanover defeated this Defiance Yellow Jackets team 37-29. to Rose Holman edged Bluffton 31-28. That could have really thrown the conference into a championship for Franklin. Franklin, of course, defeated Mount St. Joseph 66-39. to Manchester or Earlham 48-13. to That's 40 in a row for Earlham, or 39 in a row. They'll be going for 40 in a row today. Anderson had the day off. Now, today in the conference, Manchester is playing at Hanover. Anderson will be at Franklin. Earlham We'll try to stay away from losing 40 in a row. They're at Bluffton, and Rose Holman is off today. So when you look at the conference standings after last week, Franklin leads it at 6-0. and Then comes Rose Holman at 6-1. and Hanover at 4-2. and Mount St. Joseph is at 4-3. and Manchester at 3-3. and Bluffton and Defiance each in the conference are at 2-4. and Anderson at 1-5, and and Earlham is at 0-6. There's a lot of other college football action. We're not going to get into that because time just won't let us, but... But around the area at 4 o'clock today, Cincinnati is playing at Tulane. Ole Miss will be at Kentucky. And later on this afternoon, starting at about 3.30 today, Ohio State, number six in the country, is playing at Iowa. Joining us now, Blake Watson for this afternoon's ball game. And Blake, these seniors have been a special group for this team, and we're going to talk with Hop here in just a second about that. But your recollections of these seniors? Um, uh big group of these seniors are very special kids on this team. Um, some of them are, are part of the culture change that Hop has been talking about, and you'll hear him talk about in a few minutes. Um, Glines, Miller, Webb, um, these guys, they get it, man. They're, they're good players. They're good kids. They work hard. They never stop, and, and that's the culture change that Hop's trying to get to, and he wants these guys to prepare all week, not just show up on Saturdays and play, as he'll talk about and those are the guys that, that embody that culture change the most. And let's talk to Coach Hopperton about these seniors leaving today. Two final questions. One is it's senior day. Talk about the group of seniors that you've got and what they've brought to this program. Oh, I mean, these these seniors mean the world to me. On um, Thursday night, we went out to dinner, and I got to hang out with them a little bit, and, and just, just me and the group. And they're a great group of guys, and I, w- I was able to pretty much tell – they're all surprised. I was able to tell pretty much all of them um, – what I remember from their day visit when they came here as recruits, and they were all shocked that I remembered the details that I did, but it, that's just kind of how I worked, I guess. But um, And the, these guys know, you know, how much I care about them and stuff, And, and but these guys, these seniors, I can't commend them enough because, <clears throat> you know, all, all year you and I have talked about some of the culture change and some of that, you know, stuff that we've really been pushing day in, day out. And for seniors, that can be hard. I mean, because mm-hmm. they're the guys that have been most embedded in, in what we've done the last three years. You know, they, they, what our culture has become habit to them. They were a part of that culture. And so I commend these guys that they were kind of the first, they were the first to embrace that. This is the direction we've been going. This is the direction we feel like we need to go. And, you know, sometimes when you change the culture and change that, it can be a shock, you know. And so um, these guys embraced it, knowing that we were going to take some lumps and bumps for the sake of changing the culture. And they've been the guys that sometimes – I mean, they've held me accountable a couple of times where I'll catch myself slipping on, you know, maybe – 
oh, maybe we should play this guy even though he hasn't practiced, or maybe we should do this, and they'll be the first to tell me, be like, no, sit him. That's what that's what mm-hmm. we're about. That's where we're going, you know, and those kinds of things. So th- they've been good, and like I said, they personally, some of them personally have taken the lumps and bumps on their own, and they've been glad to do it because I think they realize um, the sacrifice it takes to, to make this culture change and the senior class. I'm definitely going to gonna miss them more than just uh, on the football field. And, of course, as today is being senior day, they are out getting ready. The seniors are out getting ready to get this one underway for the coin toss. Today's ball game, the Defiance Yellow Jackets, 2-6 and six on the year. They're 2-4 and four and in sixth place in the Heartland Conference against the Mount St. Joseph Lions, 5-4 and four on the season. Final game of the year, 4-3 and three and in fourth place in the Heartland Conference. I'm Dave Mitchell. Blake Watson and I will be back with the kickoff of this afternoon's ball game on UltimateSportsTalk.com. You've been listening to the Ultimate Sports Talk Mount St. Joseph pregame show. A look at today's game, the thoughts from head coach Tyler Hopperton, and insight about the way to victory. Mount St. Joseph football is next on UltimateSportsTalk.com. Life can be taken from you at any moment. Two years ago, a brain aneurysm took my father's. I'm Natalie Necro, founder of the Joe Necro Foundation committed to the awareness and funding for aneurysm research and treatment. Aneurysms, like the one that killed my father, are treatable. Help us find and fund the research needed to detect these sudden killers. Learn all you can at joanecrofoundation.org. Knuckling up for aneurysm research. The following is a special sports presentation of UltimateSportsTalk.com. All right, it's game day. You only got one job to do. That's win. That means you stay focused for four quarters. Know your assignments and finish on every play. Don't be looking for shortcuts. And don't even think about making excuses. Because if you want the W, you're going to have to earn it. UltimateSportsTalk.com now presents Mount St. Joseph Lions College Football. This game is being brought to you by The Wishbone on Del High, Casa de Sassi in Apple Creek. Call 330-830-9760. The Inner Blessings Christian Bookstore at 4002 Harrison Avenue in Cincinnati. Murphy's Promotions. Call 330-464-1970. The Mount St. Joseph University. And by JTAP Sports Bar at 6441 Glenway Avenue. Mount St. Joseph University football is a presentation of UltimateSportsTalk.com. Now let's go to the stadium for today's game. It's football time at Mount St. Joseph University. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Dave Mitchell with Blake Watson and Dan Benjamin. And this afternoon, we have got college football action for you on Ultimate Sports Talk as the Defiance College Yellow Jackets at 2-6 and six on the year, 2-4 and four in the Heartland Conference, taking on the Mount St. Joseph Lions on Senior Day. It is the final game of the season for the Lions. They are 5-4 and four coming in. Four and three in conference play. And Blake, as they come into this afternoon's ball game, both of these teams are coming off of losses, but that loss last week by the Lions at Franklin really could have some lingering effects. I mean, 
I think if you look back on this season in its totality, um, the, the loss that's going to have the biggest effect going forward is the Bluffton loss. Um, that set us on a path where, honestly, the Franklin game didn't mean a whole lot. Obviously, it means a lot to our kids, but if we beat Franklin, they still have to lose again for us to have an opportunity to win the conference, which is highly unlikely. Well, the Lions... <coughs> Go ahead. I apologize, Dave. Uh, the Lions, they're coming into this one hurt. Grayson Roberts is out. Cooper Earls is out. They had hoped to have Roberts for today's game, but unfortunately, that is not going to happen. But the Yellow Jackets won the coin toss. They have deferred to the second half of play. So, Mount St. Joseph will get the football. They are adorned in their dark blue tops with white numerals and gold trim, the white helmets and white pants, and for the Yellow Jackets, they're in their purple road uniforms, white tops, purple numerals, white helmets, and purple pants. Lions will be going from left to right across your computer screen to get this one underway. Back set to return is Speakman, and also back set to return to Sean Shepard, who's back there for the first time this year. Back set to return this kickoff for the Lions, and kicking it off for Defiance is going to be Mitch Robolewski, and it's a short kick that's going to be taken in by Glines at the 25 on the far side to the 30, 35-40, puts his head down and bowls forward and gets it out to the 44-yard line, and that's where the Lions will start first and 10, and we'll give you the receivers for this afternoon's ball game because that's really where things have changed up. A.J. Glines is going to move out to that wide receiver spot. Kendall Sproul will be at a flanker. D.J. Martin is moving in to the slot position. So you basically got two of three receivers in this game that have been different now, Blake. Uh, yeah, I think you see A.J. Tyrus, who started the year off as our backup quarterback, is also out there to start the game. Um, I think the Lions will look for D.J. Martin to step up big here today. They're going with that spread formation. No running backs, as they have done over the past three weeks. Dropping back is Tomlin. Tomlin flips it out to Tucker on the near side to the 45, to the 50. A flag is thrown near the point of contact. They might be saying that Glines got somebody in the back. They're gonna. I think they're going to call him for a hold here. He got his, his hands a little bit outside the framework of, of the DB's body there. Um, I mean, it looked relatively clean, but, you know, when they see those hands go outside the shoulder pads, it's automatically a hold. So it will be a hold against the Lions on that play, so it will negate a good first down run by Tucker. Gives us an opportunity to tell you who today's officials are. The referee is Tom Burns, umpire Todd Staggs, the head linesman is Nick Pinozo, the line judge Steve Martin, Mike O'Connor is the field judge, side judge Brian Woosley, and the back judge is Chris Berkstead. So it's going to take it back to the 37-yard line. It was a point foul. So that brings up first down now and 17 yards to go for the Lions as it's back to their own 37-yard line. Tomlin looking to the left. He's going to throw it up. He's got Tucker. It is complete at the 30-yard line of defiance, and he runs out of bounds. Don't check that. D.J. Martin. That's D.J. Martin. You're right. D.J. Martin with the catch. Exactly the guy I said I thought Shaden would be looking for. Grayson Roberts is a really, really good football player, but physically, athletically, D.J. Martin is probably a better athlete. Um, and he has taken that spot that Grayson's left. Yeah, he's the guy that really has to step forward today, and he's probably the wide receiver that's got the most talent. Tomlin on first and ten, throws it over the middle, incomplete. 
tried to get her over the middle to Cyrus, but it threw it too far in front of him. Second yeah, it down. Looked like the middle linebacker there from Defiance got a little bit of a tug on Cyrus as he went across the space. Um, throughout the timing of that, just a touch. But going back to what we said before, DJ Martin is absolutely our best athlete in the wide receiver court. So he, he should have a big day. Got him off sides here. Somebody jumped off sides for Defiance, and they're throwing it upfield. It is complete to D.J. Martin, but he was out of bounds on the fade pattern up the far side. But Defiance went off sides on the play. 14-16 left to go. We've just begun. And, of course, the flag, as we said, thrown on the field. It's going to be off sides against Defiance. tell you one thing about the officiating in the Heartland Conference. They have a lot to talk about on the field during the game. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these crews have never worked together. Um, kind of kind of hodgepodge crews of this guy and that from here and there, so they don't know each other before they get here usually. So that moves it down to the 25-yard line. Second down, five yards to go for the Lions. Dropping back Tomlin. He's going to take off right up the middle. Now rolls out to the right. He never crossed the line of scrimmage. Flips it out to Tucker. Tucker across the 15. Goes down out of bounds at the 10-yard line. It's a heck of a play by Chayton there. Kind of, kind of made that up as he went. A little bit of improv- improvisation. Like his, his all-time favorite quarterback, Johnny Manziel. He actually had a touchdown on that. Nick Murphy was wide open in the end zone, but Chayton couldn't see him. Spread formation, first and goal at the nine-yard line. Tomlin, heavy rush. He's going to be hit and dropped at the 20. Boy, they came through on a blitz, and he was sacked on the play by Corey Bartolik. Bartolik out of Burbank. I don't know if that's California or what. They don't give the state. Yeah, Cole Tepe got beat pretty quickly on that play. He was... Looking around for someone to block. Loss of nine on the play, all the way back to the 20-yard line, 13-20. Lions took the opening kickoff. They've driven down the field. Tomlin on second down and goal. He's going to be hit again. Gets away from a tackler. Flips it up to Cyrus. He's got it and then dropped it at the three-yard line because he was smacked in the side by the defensive back, Jacob Bickle. Yeah, Bickle put his helmet right on Cyrus's elbow as he tried to bring that ball in. That, that, that's a painful hit in this kind of weather. So it'll bring down, bring up third and goal. 13-13 left to go. 19-yard line is where the Lions are situated in Defiance territory. Tomlin with receivers out wide on both sides. Trips up to the far side. Dropping back Tomlin. Looks down the middle. He's going to throw it over the middle. It's Tucker. He threw it behind him and incomplete. Tucker was there, had the touchdown if he'd have just let him a little bit more, but Tucker couldn't backpedal and catch the pass, so it's fourth down and goal, and the Lions will go for the field goal. <laughs> That's not a terrible idea when you're running Jerry Porter out there, but the uh, Lions got to get a touchdown on that type of possession. We were moving it up and down the field relatively easy. They're going to spot the ball at the 26-yard line, so it'll be a 36-yard attempt. Porter, 9 of 11. On field goal attempts this year, he kicks it up, and it is no good wide right. So 13.02 left to go in the first quarter. Defiance has the football. We have no score from Schuler Field. Explore your nursing career options at Mount St. Joseph University. Built upon 90-plus years of experience in nursing, the Mount's nursing programs prepare professional and ethical leaders who promote holistic, evidence-based healthcare practices. 
The Mount Nursing Programs are fully accredited by the Commission of Collegiate Nursing Education. Apply now at msj.edu slash apply to begin classes in the fall. Mount St. Joseph University continues to be a proven leader in nursing education. Visit us at msj.edu. Well, after that missed field goal, Defiance will take it over first and 10 at their own 20. And Pico or Fe- is going to throw it up the field. Nico, excuse me, their quarterback, Logan Nico from Gross Point Park, Michigan, threw it up the far side, tried to get it to one of their duo receivers, Devontae Craven, and Craven could not bring it in. Nice play by Speakman up top. Corey Bennett is their running back in the backfield. They line up in the pistol formation. Miko, a freshman, he has completed 62% of his passes this year. He drops back on second and 10 from the 20. He's going to be hit, flag thrown, but he'll be dropped on the play by the Lions on a great defensive play. Coming right up the middle was Logan Bright on a twist underneath. And he sacked Miko for the first sack of the day. And it's going to be a hold called against Defiance. And let's see if Hop wants to take that. It'll bring up third down if he accepts it. They're going to decline the penalty. And the sack is going to take them back to the 12-yard line. So it's an 8-yard loss. First sack of the afternoon for the Lions. And it brings up third down, 18 yards to go now for the Yellow Jackets. Incompletion and a sack. And it brings up third and 18 from their own 12-yard line for Defiance. Coming down here from Northwest Ohio. Dropping back, Miko. Miko is going to throw it up the right side. He's going for Devontae and Craven. And Craven is going to catch the football. And then he gets struggling. Keeps going at the 40-yard line in Mount St. Joseph territory. Takes it down inside the 30 to the 28-yard line. What a play. That's a 60-yard reception for Craven. But nobody from Mount St. Joseph could bring him down. He just continued to run. So now the Yellow Jackets have it first and 10 in Lions territory at the 28-yard line. A lot of movement on the line. Lions trying to get set on the defensive line. And now Miko's going to go under center in a straight-eye formation on first and 10. He has got Bennett in the backfield. Now Bennett steps up. Miko with the play clock down to three. And he just got the snap off, handoff, and it goes to Bennett. Bennett right up the middle, takes it to the 26-yard line. Gain of maybe a yard on the play for Bennett. Bennett came in just under 600 yards rushing this year. He's their leading rusher. They're going to spot it at the 27 and make it a one-yard gain. Second down, nine yards to go. Into the ball game now for Defiance is Shimande Sanders from Toledo. He's a freshman. So they've got a lot of freshmen on this team, but they only brought about 40 players here today. Miko out of the pistol now with Bennett to the left of him. Receivers out wide on both sides. On second and nine, dropping back Miko. Miko's going to be hit as he throws, and he completes it to Sanders. Sanders at the 25, to the 20, to the 15, and he's going to be dropped right there at the 15-yard line. 12 yards on the reception, and a first down, freshman to freshman for the Yellow Jackets. A lot of youngsters on this team, and they recruit predominantly from the northwest Ohio area and up in Michigan in the lower peninsula. 
First and ten at the 15-yard line of the Lions for the Yellow Jackets. Empty backfield now. They go with the spread formation. Miko takes the snap, looks to his right, and the ball is going to be batted down at the defensive line by Logan Bright. Yeah, Logan did a good job to break that up because the guy breaking on that little fast square out was wide open. Um, this man-to-man defense that we're playing right now is not great, especially with our third and fourth and fifth corners out there. Well, the defensive line has done a good job. They've got a sack. They've got a batted down pass. They stopped the only run of the game. But, yeah, the secondary didn't do a very good job on that one play of tackling. Yeah, no. And movement on the line now by Defiance. It was on us. Logan Bright jumped there. I'm almost positive. Let's see what they're going to call. A lot of movement. The right tackle, Brian Jackson, went after him. And it will be offside against the Lions. So it'll be a five-yard penalty. Move it down to the ten-yard line. Second down and five yards to go. Now for the Jackets. Defiance for years was a power in the NAIA, and then they switched to Division Three about 20 years ago. And they've had good years as a football team. Basketball is really what they've hung their hat on. Second and five, rolling out to the left is Miko. Miko's going to run the option, pitch it out to Bennett. Bennett's going to be hit at the 12. Stutter steps inside to the 11, and he'll be brought down. Good defensive pursuit by the Lions to stop him for just about a one-yard gain on the play. Yeah, Troy Speakman was held there on the outside, too, and got off the block and, and made, did a good job of slowing the running back up enough to where his guys could get there behind him. Loss of a yard is what they'll say. Back to the 11. Third down, six yards to go now for the Jackets as they are all over the field. Now they come back up to the line of scrimmage. Guys were 20 yards behind the line of scrimmage before they ever came back up. Dropping back Miko. Miko's going to roll out to the right on third and six. He's going to throw the ball deep into the back end of the end zone. And is it incomplete? Yes. One of the DBs can't see who that is right now. Peyton Williams, number 25. Peyton Williams, yeah. Went up and caught the ball, but he was out of bounds. So the defiance drive stalls, and they will bring in their field goal kicker, Mitch Robolewski. You know, I had never heard that name until last week, and now we've had three Robolewskis in the last two weeks. We got one here, our our, our uh, maintenance of facilities guy, Charlie Robolewski. He's kind of a mountain legend. So that name's not too unfamiliar to us. Brownsville, Wisconsin. Robluski is going to attempt the 27-yard field goal. He puts it up, and it is good. 10:28 left to go in this first quarter of play, and Defiance draws first blood. The Yellow Jackets three, and Mount St. Joseph nothing. Are you a small business owner that wants more customers? Of course. What business wouldn't? I'm Dave Mitchell. What if I told you I could help you increase your customer base, possibly 2,000%? You'd wonder how, right? OneCom Media can give you all the details. We can show you how to increase your customer base and give you a great return on your investment for your website. This means more customers, more business, and more money in your pocket. Get more details by calling me at OneCom Media. The number is 513-268-2799. Increase your customers with OneCom Media, 513-268-2799. So the 27-yard field goal is good by Mitch Robluski. He's a freshman out of Brownsville, Wisconsin. 
So he did what Jerry Porter was unable to do from 37 yards out. And it's a 3-0 defiance lead. Glines and Shepard back set to return. This in a short one, and Speakman is going to go back, catch it at about his 5, bring it up the far side to the 10, 15, 20, 25, breaks to the outside to the 30, to 35, and he'll run out of bounds at about the 39-yard line. A 34-yard return for Troy Speakman, and the Lions will take the football over first and 10 at their own 39-yard line with 10-19 left to go in this first quarter of play. Defiance on top of it, 3-0. Lions took the opening kickoff of the game and drove down the field but couldn't convert the field goal here on senior day. Basketball season right around the corner. We'll be doing basketball next Saturday from the Cintas Center at Xavier University. The Lions will be taking on Hiram in the Lauren Hill Classic. We'll have that game for you about 6.30 next week. Tucker gets the pass from Tomlin at about the 35-yard line. Cuts inside. Fumble on the play. Defiance says they've got it, but the official comes in from the side and says, nope, Tucker was down, and that's a good thing because Defiance had recovered that fumble. Coming away with the football is Markel Moncrief, and he says he's got it, but that's just going to be a two-yard completion to Tucker. And now they'll say it's out to the 42-yard line, so it's a three-yard completion, and it brings up second and seven. 9.40 and running. Left to go in the first quarter of play. Spread formation, empty backfield. For Chayton Tomlin, he drops back. Looks out to the left. He's got a receiver. That's Glines across the 45, out to the 48-yard line. Pick up a five on that reception. Glines is going to have to have a big game today, considering Roberts is out of the ball game, along with Earls. And it brings up third and a yard. Ball at the 48. They need to get to the 49. Again, empty backfield. Receivers out wide on both sides. Now the officials put the ball in play. Tomlin looking over the defense. And he takes the snap. He's going to run it right up the middle. He's got the first down out to midfield after a gain of two on the run. That time he just went for it. The last time he tried that, now the referee is going to say one of the defenders for Defiance is going to have to leave the football game. And that is Corey Bartolik. I don't think he, I think his chin strap came off and he ended up leaving the football game. 8.57 left to go in this first quarter. It's 3-0 Defiance. Ball right at midfield. Tomlin again with the spread formation. Takes a snap and looks downfield. He's going to step up in the pocket, throw it over the middle, complete to Tucker at the 39 of Defiance and an 11-yard gain of first down for the Lions. That's something we've struggled with all year, Dave, is passing the ball across the middle in the intermediate range. Um, Chayton stepped up into the pocket really nice there and drilled a ball into Tucker. First and ten at the 39, and now movement. Defiance jumped off. It's going to be a free play. Tomlin's going to throw it upfield. He's got the receiver. That's Glines at the 13. He's going to break a tackle and run it into the end zone for the score, but there are flags all over the place. And let's see what they call here. If it's against Defiance... Mount St. Joseph has got a touchdown on a 39-yard catch by Glines. First and foremost, the play should have been blown dead. There was contact before the snap was made. Not He didn't just jump off. He actually made contact with the guard. Um, I don't know what the one deep in the, in the secondary is. I mean, we're okay with it. 
being called good. We'll take the touchdown, but they might be calling on the one up field. The defender might have led with the crown of his helmet. I'm, I wasn't sure if that was it or maybe got AJ by the face mask. Man, we, we haven't seen a single targeting penalty all year, so I'd be really shocked to see these guys call that, especially no. this early in the game. You know, you're right on that. We have not seen a targeting play this year. Yeah, and, and that's such an inconsistent call at this level without the ability to review plays. Um, so we'll, we'll see what they call here. They're again like traditional Heartland <laughs> officials. We're taking a while to, Boy, to decipher what's going on. They are really discussing this one. I'm just glad today that the the lab mic for the referees working, so we should get at least an explanation of what's going on. Now they're going to go over and talk to Hop. They're going to decline the penalty. He is calling targeting. It looks like that's what it looks like. Yeah, targeting. They're going to decline the offsides, obviously. And the targeting, is that going to, is the targeting going to stop the touchdown? It shouldn't. Yeah, the mic is not working. That one. He's ejected. Yeah, that's, that's an NCAA rule. It's, it's automatic if you get called for a target that it's an ejection. But that's why it's also an automatic review at the, at the high major level. They make sure of it. I still don't, I don't know where that happened. AJ wasn't hit high. I'm, I'm not sure that I like that call, honestly. And we have no eight on their roster. It was ten. It was ten? I thought it was eight. No, they called it on ten. It was Bo Barkley, that's yeah. their strong safety. So the touchdown stands. It is six to three. Mount St. Joseph on the 39 yard catch. By Glines and the kick by Porter is up and it is good. So there's 8.20 left to go and boy there's been a lot of action in this one for only the first seven minutes of the ball game and now the Lions have got the lead at 7-3. to three. After years in the same location, the Wishbone Tavern has moved. They are now just yards behind their old location into the Delhi Plaza. But only the location changed. The Wishbone Tavern is still serving the best wings and burgers in town and offer a relaxed and family-style atmosphere. With a menu full of fresh ingredients, hand-breaded appetizers, and great wings, your mouth is going to water from the time you walk through the door. The Wishbone Tavern, a proud member of the community, open every day at 11, now in the Delhi Plaza. And if you've had an opportunity to go there and check that new place out, do so because it has been very successful for them. So the targeting penalty is going to move the kickoff up to midfield because of the 15-yard penalty. So the Lions will kick it off from midfield, and let's see what they decide to do here. I got a feeling Jerry's going to hit that high. I want to make them return this and try to pin them back. Back set to return, Devontae Craven, who's a senior from Ama, Louisiana, a sophomore, excuse me, and Nate Roberts, the junior. 8.20 left to go in the first quarter, and it is to 7-3. Mount St. Joe on top of it. Porter is going to kick the football off from midfield. And he kicks, you're right, a high end-over-end kick that Craven's going to take in the end zone and just take a knee right there. And the Yellow Jackets will have it first and ten at their own 20. Yeah, I don't think Jerry wanted to kick that in the end zone there. I honestly thought he wanted, to, wanted him to field it about the goal line. But 
We'll take it. 20-yard line. You know, a couple weeks ago in the Anderson game, we had three unsportsmanlike penalties called, and the Lions ended up kicking it from the Anderson 20-yard line. I remember seeing that all over social media. That was kind of a big deal. That's hilarious. But I still am not real sure that I like that call. Well, I didn't like it, and I saw it. Yeah, I don't. Nico is the quarterback for Defiance. Now they're down 7-3, to 8-20 left to go in the first quarter of play. Moving in motion to the right side is Gillig, the tight end, and the handoff goes to Bennett, and Bennett is going to be stringing out to the left-hand side, and he's going to be hit at the 22 and brought down there. A loss of two on the play, make it three, back to the 22, and it brings up second and 13. That, again, probably should have been another penalty on Defiance, honestly. Uh, number one, traveling down the line, he cracked back on a defensive end, which is a penalty nowadays. I mean, in our day, that's just a good, clean block, but that's, you can't, you know, can't blindside a guy in today's college football game. Second and 13. We'll check some scores coming up from around the Heartland Conference here in a few moments. Miko, the quarterback, he's a freshman, drops back, handoff to Bennett right up the middle. He's going to skip it up to about the 25-yard line, the original line of scrimmage, and drop right there. So he got the three yards back that he lost on the last play, ball right at the 25, third and 10. Good crowd here today for senior day. This might be the best crowd of the year, Blake. Uh, short of the first game of the year, I think it's pretty close, that's for sure. First game of the year we had a monster crowd the night game, but this is this is pretty good too. Miko goes over to the side to get the play and now comes back in. Tight end is Gillig, and he lines up on the left-hand side. Empty backfield. They're going with a tight end. Now they drop back. Miko looking down the middle. He's going to throw the ball deep up the right side. He's got a receiver, and it is incomplete. Tried to throw it out there to Shimon Sanders. <coughs> Sorry. I want to... Apologize to everybody about that cough. I've been dealing with this for a couple days. I tried to get to the cough button and couldn't pass enough. So Sanders misses that pass from Miko, and it brings up third, fourth down and ten. That's that's the second time on third and ten we've been basically single high safety man across the board, and they almost hit it for another huge game. We don't play a lot of zone defense, um, and that's the second time they've been wide open, beat our man deep. So dropping back to punt the football away is Robluski, and he kicks it off to Speakman at the 40, and he takes it up the near side across the 40 to the 50-yard line. And he'll be dropped right there. About an 11-yard return for Troy Speakman with 6.42 left to go in this first quarter of play. And the Lions have got the lead at 7-3 to three here this afternoon. That's one of them dangerous punts to beat the return man on. Kind of short, guys are flying up the field. But Troy Speakman's never met a punt that he doesn't want to return. So he's trying to return every single one he touches to the house. So 7-3 to three is the score. And the Lions have the football. At midfield, dropping back is Tomlin. Flips it out into the flat to Tucker. Tucker gets a couple of blocks, jumps over a tackler, across the 45, down to the 40-yard line, 11 yards on that completion, and a first down for the Lions to the 39 of Defiance. That's another play that we didn't run a lot early in the year, the little quick screens, little jet screens, stuff like that. And it's really successful for what our offense is. Smaller quarterback, not a great offensive line. 
Good guys in space. It's a T- good play. Tucker to the right. Tucker's going to get it on this side this time. Takes it across the 40 to the 35 of Defiance. Skips up the line. And he's. they're going to say he stepped out of bounds at the 31-yard line. So that's a gain of eight. And it's second down two. Well, and since Duke, Duke Presswood went down early in the year, we've had pretty much no running game. And those are just an extension of the running game. It's just the quarterback throws it overhand instead of handing it off. There's little risk in those plays. Um, and they, you know, get the ball outside quickly and get upfield. That's, that's a good play. Second and two. Ball at the Defiance 31-yard line. Movement on the line, but no flags. And now there's a flag thrown evidently by the back judge. Is that a delay of game penalty? The umpire is calling a false start that he didn't see until it was pointed out by Defiance. And it is a false start against the Lions, so that will mark them back five yards. Instead of second and two, it brings up second and seven. That's the thing, though. I mean, it gets you off schedule. That's, that's, not a, that's a bad penalty in that spot of the field. Similar to what happened on the first drive of the game, and we should be burying this in the end zone. And now we're backing ourselves up, putting ourselves a little bit more behind the chains. So it puts it at the 36-yard line, second and seven. Tomlin with Tucker to his left, ball in the near hash mark. Receivers out wide on both sides. Watch a D-ball to the left side here. Tomlin audibleizing at the line, signaling out to the receivers, drops straight back. He's looking good, protection, throw over the middle, incomplete. Threw it behind, Glines on the play. How much is the loss of Roberts out of that position with Glines playing a position that he's not used to so far, Blake? Well, it looks to me like AJ's actually transitioned back to the slot. He was... That's what he's played most of the year. It looks like they got, I don't know if that's DJ Martin out there on the left side. That's that's actually Grayson's spot usually. Well, the reason I ask is because Tomlin is throwing it behind the receivers today for some reason. Chayton tends to do that quite a bit when he's going over the middle. It's like he's unsure of the throw. Defiance showing blitz. Now Tomlin is going to throw the ball up the right side, and he's going to throw it up for grabs, and it is intercepted by Defiance, Colton Davis. Davis intercepts it at the 12-yard line. There is a flag pre-snap. I think Defiance had jumped. Boy, there was a lot of guys up in the box. Defiance was showing blitz. It might be an illegal procedure. Yep. And it will be, and that will be a, yep, the offensive line for the Lions are like, I don't know, where are you figuring that? It's probably an illegal formation play. Probably didn't have enough guys on the line of scrimmage. I couldn't tell for sure. but So that interception is almost as good as a punt because it pins Defiance back inside their own 15-yard line at the 10. But there you go again. We go back to that, that first false start. You get to your second and one and a half, maybe two, after a really good play. False start moves you back to second and seven, and you get behind the chains. and you got to go out off script and try to do things you're not comfortable doing. 5.19 left to go in this first quarter. It's 7-3. to Lions on top of it. And Defiance has the football at the 12-yard line. After that interception by Colton Davis. He was a senior out of Toledo, Ohio. Dropping back, Miko hands it off up the middle to Bennett. Now Bennett across the 12, out to the 13-yard line where he is dropped by Sean Sullivan and also Zach Taylor. For the Lions. Yard gain on the play. Second down, nine yards to go. Under five minutes and running. This is the final game of the year. Our next broadcast will be next Saturday. And that will be at the Cintas Center. The Lauren Hill Classic will be on the air with the 
ball game at right around 6.30. Not sure when that one is going to start yet, for yeah, sure. We'll talk Mi- after this play about Miko it. Miko drops back, rolls out to his right. He's going to throw the ball upfield, and it's going to be incomplete through the hands of one of the defenders back there for the Lions. like Logan Day. Logan Day, right. Had the covers there. But back to the Lauren Hill game, Dave. That'll be a really, really cool event for our girls. Um, it's at the Centos Center. It's a partnership that we have with Xavier University. So their women's team will play first starting at 5 o'clock, and then we will play following that game roughly a half hour after the end of that game. So our game's likely to tip off probably closer to 7.15 at the Centos Center. Um, there's also the bounce for the cure that day, so kids can go and dribble around Xavier's campus and shoot layups for Lauren. Fourth it's a pretty cool event. Miko is just going to throw the football away. Boy, he was under a heavy rush mainly by Logan Bright, and he just decided to unload it, and it'll be fourth down nine. Where can they get tickets, and how much are they? Uh, the Centos Center is, is handling all the ticket sales. I'm honestly not sure the price of the tickets off the top of my head, um, but I can't find that out before the end of the broadcast. Fourth and nine, and Defiance is going to have to punt the football away, so Robluski comes in to do that. Robluski has punted once, and he has kicked a field goal, so he's been busy. This weather shouldn't bother him coming from Wisconsin. We haven't even talked about the weather. It's a gorgeous day. I mean, temperature about 55 degrees here today. Overcast skies. Dropping back, Robluski will kick it away from his own goal line, and Speakman will bring it in at the 45-yard line. Cuts to the near side, to midfield, to the 45 of Defiance, and he'll be dropped at the 44-yard line after a return of about 11 yards on the return. Another really solid... Return out of uh, Troy Speakman. This guy's become a vital member of this team in the return game. So the Lions take it over in Defiance territory at the 44-yard line with 4:19 left to go in the first quarter. The Lions is going to go out wide left. Now DJ Martin's going to go into the slot left. Two receivers out to the near side on the play. Nick Murphy is one of them. He's out wide to this side. Tucker lines up to the right of Tomlin in the pistol. Tomlin takes the snap. He's going to flip it out to Tucker. Flag down on the play thrown by the far side judge. Tucker takes it to the 44, maybe the 43 for about a yard on that reception. But, again, a flag is down on the far side. And a defiance yellow jacket is down as well. And it's going to be offsides against defiance. There's been a lot of penalties in this game. We've seen pretty clean football most of the year, Dave. And this has not been that clean of a game to start. Penalties going both ways. No, Isaiah Davis is the right defensive end that is down for defiance. And it looks like he's grabbing his left knee. He's from Galleon, Ohio, a sophomore, six feet, 280 pounds. That's one of the guys. Boy, when you look at this roster for defiance, that's about as far west as they go as Galleon, which is a little north of Mansfield, Ohio. So Davis is going to walk off the field under his own power, but with a noticeable limp. He looked like he might have got his left ankle tangled under that tackle there. So he'll leave the football game, and checking in is Ricardo Jimenez. Jimenez is a senior from Cooper City, Florida. And the flag was offsides against Defiance, so that'll move it forward five yards to the 39-yard line of the Yellow Jackets, and it's first and five. Davis 
now just getting to the sideline as he's walking off. Ball in the near hash mark. Tucker to the left of Tomlin. Four minutes and running left to go in this first quarter. It's 7-3 Defiant. Excuse me, Mount St. Joseph. Tomlin with receivers out wide. Hand off to Tucker around the right side. He's got some room, but he's going to be hit immediately. Looked like he had some room, and boy, that hole was closed right away by Jalen Neely, the left outside linebacker. That was a heck of a play by the linebacker. And the referee came in. He's having some words with Neely. I think he's saying that he didn't have to pick him up and throw him down like that. Uh, He also gave the Lions bench a good stare and flex after the tackle, which... Uh-huh. Kids tend to do when they make a hit like that, though. So a loss of a yard on the play, back to the 40-yard line, second and six. Tomlin, fake handoff, looks down the middle. He's got a receiver. It's intercepted by Defiance. It'll be taken in at the 25, out to the 30, to the 31-yard line. Jacob Bickle with the interception. And he, that's the second interception of the day, take by Tomlin. And it gives... Defiance, the football, at the 32-yard line. With 3.15 remaining to go in this first quarter of play. Now, there is a flag down. It's an illegal man downfield by the Lions. And, of course, Defiance is going to decline that penalty. And I think somebody lost their helmet, so now they've got to sit out. Of course, you know how I feel about that. These kids spend... Thirty, forty thousand dollars a year on an education, and they can't figure out how to put their helmet on in between plays. They have to sit out a play. It's just one of those rules that the NCAA has that are highly questionable. So Defiance has it first and ten at their own 32-yard line with 3:15 remaining to go in the first quarter. They take it over after the second turnover of the ball game by the Lions and Bennett. Gets the handoff up the middle. And again, a helmet flies off. That's a defiance helmet this time. And it's taken out to about the 35-yard line. Well, check that. That was Dustin Applegate lost his helmet. Now he's got to come out. Now the Lions are going to go to a nickel formation. Peyton Williams into the ball game. There's a lot of confusion on the defense now for the Lions. It's second down, seven yards to go at the 35-yard line. 3.07 remaining in this first quarter. The clock has stopped on the out-of-bounds. Dropping back Miko. Miko's going to throw it to the right. It is complete on the play and run out-of-bounds to their backup running back. That being Harvey with the catch. He's number 21, and again, we don't have him on our roster. So Defiance did a really good job of sending us numbers and names here today. Dropping back Miko. Miko looking to the left again, and that one is complete on the left-hand side to Jacob Santora. Santora catches it at the 47-yard line. And that brings up second down and six yards to go. Santora with his first catch of the afternoon. Second down six for Defiance at the 47-yard line in their own territory. Miko has got Bennett to the right. Trips out to the far side. Miko drops back under a heavy rush. Steps up in the pocket. Gets away from a couple of tacklers. He's going to be hit. Fumbled the football. Picked up by Mount St. Joseph. And run out of bounds on the play. Fumble recovery on the play by the Lions. And it's recovered by Nate Stone. 
Stone picked it up about midfield and returned it back to about the 42-yard line. Miko was just looking for extra yardage on the play and coughed it up before he hit the ground. And the Lions will have it first and ten after the turnover at the Defiance 43-yard line. So that's the first turnover of the afternoon for the Yellow Jackets. Turnovers now two for the Lions, one for the Jackets, and that's first and ten for Mount St. Joseph. They lead seven to three. D.J. Martin goes out wide to the left-hand side. Treyon Taylor into the ballgame. He's at the slot, and so is Glines up to the far side. Dropping back Tomlin on first and ten. He's going to go for it all. He's throwing it up the middle to Martin, and it's going to be knocked down and incomplete. Martin was double-teamed on the play and double-covered, and it was knocked down. And now Bickle, the free safety, is back there, and he is down. And the official is going to take a timeout, and so now Bickle will have to leave the football game. He's got one of those interceptions today. So it is second down, 10 yards to go for the Lions at the Defiance 43-yard line as Bickle gets off the field. Two minutes remaining to go in this first quarter. 7-3, to three, the Lions on top of it. A lot of disarray by the Yellow Jackets defense. Dropping back Tomlin on second and ten. He's going to look down the middle again. Complete the glind at the 37-yard line. It's a gain of seven on the play. It'll bring up third down and three for a first down for the Lions. Ball at the 37-yard line. The Lions need to continue to pick on that matchup there because they keep covering A.J. Glines with a linebacker, and he's, he can't cover A.J. Glines. 136 remaining in this first quarter. Defiance is showing blitz here. Third down, three yards to go, ball at the 37. Long snap count for Tomlin. Now he's audibleizing. Play clock down to 12, plenty of time. Gets it over the middle, and it is complete on the play to Trayon Taylor on the slant into the 30-yard line, gain of five and a first down. Dave, that might be the first true slant we've hit all year. <laughs> that was a really good check by Chayton there. No help inside of the corner. Trayon put his foot in the ground and got inside. That was a really good play. So it's first and ten at the 30-yard line at Defiance with a minute five left to go in the first quarter. 7-3, Lions on top of it, looking to pad their lead. Dropping back, Tom looks to the left. He's going to throw it up to D.J. Martin, and it is intercepted again. It's intercepted by Defiance, but was he inbounds? Yes. That's... That's on the receiver. I mean, that's not a good throw by any stretch of the imagination. But D.J. Martin's got to do a better job of becoming the defender there. Um, try to go up and knock that ball away. He tried to at the very last minute, but he waited until it got down to try to do that. He's too big of a kid to wait for that. And that was by number 21, whom we don't have on the roster. And Defiance didn't bring that many people. <laughs> that is true. So... They're going to have it at their own two-yard line. That's where Defiance is going to take it over at their own two-yard line. So they've got 98 yards to go for pay dirt. 55.8 seconds left in this first quarter. It is to 7-3 Defiance, but that's the third interception of the day thrown by Tomlin under center. Miko hands it off to Bennett. Bennett coughs it up, and the Lions are going to hop on it at the three. Senior Colby Webb was there to make that play. That was a fantastic read, reaction, and, and strip there by Colby. Uh, Zach Taylor got the recovery. I tell you what, Colby Webb is one of the toughest kids. I know I've probably said this ten times this year. 
He is one of the toughest kids I have ever met in my life. He's out there playing. He's played the whole second half of the season with a tear in his groin. That boy loves to play football. And, I mean, I just love the kid to death. Oh, I love that kid. He is fantastic. He's one of the guys that this team's truly going to miss next year as a leader, as a guy that just does things the right way. Turnovers now 3-2 to two in favor of Mount St. Joe, but they've got the football at the three-yard line with 51.2 seconds left to go. Tomlin with Tucker right there. Play action, throws it into the end zone, complete to Cyrus, touchdown! A.J. Cyrus on senior day gets a TD. That's, that's nice to see A.J. get that touchdown. Again, he's been pretty much a backup his entire career here, backup quarterback. Um, and he's a good player. He's a really good athlete. Play basketball with him all the time. The kid's a heck of an athlete. So it's good to see him get to make an impact on his team late in the year, even if it's not at the position he came here to play. So A.J. Cyrus with the TD, 13-3. Lions on top of it. Porter will attempt the extra point. Late snap. Porter kicks it up, and it is good. We'll keep it right here. We've only got 46.6 seconds left to go in the first quarter, and the Lions have jumped out 14-3 to on the Yellow Jackets here at home on Senior Day. Dave, I'd like to, anybody out there listening, um, let them know that our, our women's soccer team will play tonight in the Heartland Collegiate Athletic Conference Championship game against Franklin College. Um, that game will start at 7 p.m. tonight. It's at Franklin, so obviously it's going to be hard for people to come watch, but they will be live streaming the event. We will have live updates on Twitter and Facebook, um, our Instagram and our Snapchat. So so please follow that and support our, our Lions um, as they try to make the NCAA tournament. This is the first time we've played in the conference championship since 2008. Um, first time under head coach Josh Hess. they got a bunch of really good girls on that team. And, and they're a really good soccer team, so hopefully they get a, get a chance to play on. And they have 11 seniors that would love to continue their season. And they won 2 to nothing on Wednesday night. Yeah, you did soccer for your first time. Yeah, that was painful to listen to. <laughs> With the football on the right side is Craven. Craven's going to return it. He's going to be hit at the 20 and driven back. Broke the tackle, though, to the 20, 25. He's got a green, and the officials blew it dead. They're, they're saying it's forward progress to stop, which is probably a good call. Um, but that doesn't take away from the fact that Gavin Edmondson's got to get him on the ground. You have a guy wrapped up like that all alone. You got to find a way to put him down. I would say that's going to be one of the points of emphasis during the off season is tackling. It was it was a big deal last week at um, at Franklin. They do a lot of quick underneath stuff, and you have to be able to tackle in space against a team like Franklin. And we did not show well in that, and so far haven't really shown well in that this game. Miko, he's going to throw it up the left side. He's got Craven, and it is knocked away by Speakman. He had. Good man-to-man coverage on Craven. But, again, I mean, single high safety, man across the board, and they go deep on it, which is the right call. Um, But for the first time, Speakman did a really, really good job in coverage there. Actually was closer to being the receiver on the ball than the the actual receiver was. Tavon Robertson, who just came in, leaves the ball game. Julius Fisher back in at a linebacker position, second and ten. They've been doing a lot of rotating in that spot. Handoff goes off the left-hand side to their backup running back. That is Joe Webb with the run. 
and it takes it out to the 23-yard line. It'll be third down and nine yards to go. So that spot that Tavon's rotating into is kind of, we call it the star here. It's kind of a, a Swiss Army knife position. It's a nickel corner. It's a safety. It's a linebacker. It's a little bit of everything. Tavon's a really good athlete, and he's, he can handle that position pretty well. Well, when we come back, it'll be third and nine for the Yellow Jackets. We're at the end of the first quarter of play, and your score, it's Mount St. Joseph 14 and Defiance 3. For most military service members, returning home is a joyful time. But when these troops come home injured, it can be the beginning of a long and painful struggle to recuperate. A struggle that can affect their entire family. The Coalition to Salute America's Heroes is a nonprofit organization that has put together an array of support services for these heroes. They include programs that help with jobs and financial aid, as well as conferences that can assist them on their road to recovery. The goal is to help our heroes and their families transition back to civilian life with pride and dignity. Our servicemen and women all volunteer to serve and defend this nation. The Coalition to Salute America's Heroes can help you thank them for their sacrifices both on and off the battlefield. To learn more or to find out how you can volunteer to help at a VA hospital, call 1-888-44-SALUTE or visit saluteheroes.org on the web. Third down, nine yards to go for the Yellow Jackets to get a first down here. They are at their own 22-yard line. As we open up the second quarter of play, Lions will be going from right to left across your screen. Miko throws a bubble screen. It is complete to Stokes. Stokes is going to take it across the 30 to the 35, and he'll be drugged down at the 37-yard line. A 15-yard reception and a first down for the Yellow Jackets. Lions are rotating a lot of people in and out of the ball game. They're bringing Colby Webb back in now at the linebacker position as Fisher will rotate out. First and ten for Defiance at their own 38-yard line. Miko has got in the pistol, throws it over the middle, and it is complete to Shaman Sanders. Sanders, the freshman. He's got a 60-yard reception in this ball game. That's his third catch of the day. And he takes it out to the 43-yard line for a five-yard gain on that one. And it's second down and calling a long five yards to go at the 43. Lions play man-to-man press on the outside and the cover two formation. Tanner Hughes, the junior running back into the ball game now. He's to the right. Of Miko, low snap. Miko's got to pick it up, and then he's just going to fall on it back at the 35-yard line. They just lost eight yards on the play due to a bad snap from the center. Lucas Singleton, of course, the only time these offensive linemen get their names called is when they do something bad. Well, Lewis Singleton just snapped the ball low, and Miko couldn't come up with it. Third down, 12 yards to go. They spot the ball at the 36-yard line. We'll go over a couple of scores here. After this play, Miko now an empty backfield. He's got Stokes out wide to the right-hand side. Out wide left is Santora. Dropping back Miko. Miko's going to throw it up to Santora. Intercepted by Speakman, and he's gone. 30, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown Lions. Speakman had a lot of room up that left side, and he jumped the route, intercepted it, and took it back. For a 45-yard interception return for a TD, and the Lions lead it 20-3 to now. Nice play by Troy Speakman, and 
He takes it in for the score. 13.09 remaining in the first half of play, and now the Lions will send in Jerry Porter. And I believe there was a flag down in the play, and there was. Looks like it was unsportsmanlike conduct against Defiance, and it'll be assessed on the kickoff. So Jerry Porter will come in to attempt the extra point. He has missed the field goal, but he's perfect on extra points. Porter, completing 95% of these, puts this one up, and it is good. 13.09 left to go in the half. It's now Mount St. Joseph 21 and Defiance 3. Inner Blessings Christian Books and Gifts, located on Cincinnati's west side, serving the tri-state area for 19 years. Cincinnati's one-stop shop for Christian books, gifts, art, music, and much more. Special orders are welcome. Find a new Bible in any version. Find books on devotionals, comfort and grief, prayer, marriage, and inspiration. Praise and worship music with instrumentals, greeting cards, jewelry, even clothing. Enhance your walk with the Lord with Inner Blessings Christian Books and Gifts on 4002 Harrison Avenue in Cincinnati. Open Tuesday through Saturday, closed Sunday and Monday. Well, a nice interception returned by Troy Speakman. Normally they all are, and the Lions lead it 21-3. to And the penalty evidently was assessed against Mount St. Joseph. It was unsportsmanlike conduct, so that will knock them back. They'll be kicking it off from the 20-yard line. A couple of scores out of the Heartland Conference. Well, just one. Earlham and Bluffton in the first quarter. No score. Ohio Northern over Wilmington, 14-6. Hiram and Oberlin, no score in that one. And it is Mount Union beating Muskingum this afternoon in the second quarter, 24-7. Porter's going to kick it off from his own 20-yard line. Stokes is back set to return this kickoff, and it's a high end-over-end kick that Stokes is going to take in at his 16-yard line, right up the middle to the 30. And he cuts to the near side, and he's going to be dropped at the 30-yard line. Nice play by the Lions special teams. And after a 14-yard return, Defiance will have it first and 10 at their own 31-yard line. Turnover's even at three apiece in this first half, if you're keeping track of that. That was the first interception that the Lions got in this game. Tomlin has thrown three, but... Defiance has coughed it up twice on the fumble and had that interception returned for a TD. 13.02 left to go in the first half. It's 21-3. Lions on top of it. Amico comes back out onto the field. He's got Hughes. Hand off to Hughes right up the middle. He'll take it out to the 32 to the 33. Struggle forward to about the 34-yard line, so a gain of three. Hughes, a junior from Pearson, Indiana. 5'9", 200 pounds. He's the bruiser. Bennett is the speedster. Second down, seven yards to go. Tavon Robertson comes back in. And leaving the football game is Fisher for the Lions. They've got two DBs back there. Press formation out of their corners. Miko's going to drop back. Now he hands it off up the middle, and it goes to Hughes. Hughes will take it out to the 36-yard line. Gain of two on the play. Brings up third and five for Defiance, so they're in a third down situation with 12-13 left to go in the first half. Third down and five. We'll have an interview coming up here at halftime for you. 
on Ultimate Sports Talk. Don't forget basketball action next week as we start that off. And then November 11th, the men's start for Mount St. Joseph. Pass out on the right-hand side, and it is complete to the 41-yard line to Jason Santora out of Avon Lake, Ohio. And Santora takes it out to the 40, just a four-yard reception. So it brings up fourth and a yard to go for Defiance. And let's see what the Yellow Jackets do. And Aaron Mershman and Harry are going to go ahead and punt the football away. Mershman in his first year as head coach of the Jackets, too, although he's been here for three years. Kind of like identical stories between Hop and Mershman. They're both in their first year, but spent plenty of time at their respective universities prior to getting the head coaching job. Robluski is going to punt the football away, and that's a sideways kick that's going to hit it about the 32-yard line. Speakman picks it up at the 29, and he'll be dropped right there. Brandon Knapp from Michigan Center, Michigan, making the tackle. No return yardage on the play for Speakman, and the Lions take it over at their own 29-yard line. 10.59 left to go in the first half. Mount St. Joseph right now with a commanding 21-3 lead and the football. Tomlin leads the team out onto the field. He's got Treon Taylor coming out to the right-hand side. Glines wide left. D.J. Martin slot left. To the right is Michael Tucker, the senior. And Tucker's going to get the handoff. Tucker fumbled it. Goes back and drops on it at the 25-yard line. Loss of four on the play. That could have been disastrous for the Lions, but Tucker managed to recover his own fumble. And the loss of brings up second down and 14. Pearson into the ballgame. Now Darius Pearson checking in, and he's at the running back position to the right, taking the place of Tucker out of the pistol, dropping back Tomlin on second and 14. A lot of time. Now rolls out to the right. Looks up the middle. Throws it over the middle. Complete to D.J. Martin at the 40, and he'll be dropped at the 44-yard line. That's going to be an 18-yard reception for Martin and a first down for the Lions. Right at midfield. Boy, Tomlin had plenty of time. Rolled out to the right, then stepped up in the pocket and flipped it over the middle to Martin, who was right there for the 18-yard catch. Ball right at the midfield stripe. First and ten for the Lions with ten minutes left to go in the first half. Martin has got Pearson to his left. Receivers out wide on both sides. Hand off to Pearson up the right guard to the 50-yard line, and he'll be brought down at the 46-yard line. So call it about a seven-yard gain on the play. Brings up second and three for the Lions. Ball at the 43-yard line, or the 47-yard line, excuse me, for the Lions. Tomlin with the foot, look, waiting for the snap, drops back, looks out to the right, and it is incomplete. Tried to complete it to Trayon Taylor, but it dropped and fell off. 9.24 remaining to go in the first half. left to go in this first half of play. 21-3. The Lions with the lead as they look over to offensive 
coordinator Caleb Durrell, and now the Lions are going to take a timeout because they can't get the play in in time. So we will also, 9.24 left to go in the half. Your score, it's the Lions 21 and the Yellow Jackets 3. Explore your nursing career options at Mount St. Joseph University. Built upon 90-plus years of experience in nursing, the Mount's nursing programs prepare professional and ethical leaders who promote holistic, evidence-based healthcare practices. The Mount's nursing programs are fully accredited by the Commission of Collegiate Nursing Education. Apply now at msj.edu slash apply to begin classes in the fall. Mount St. Joseph University continues to be a proven leader in nursing education. Visit us at msj.edu. Third down and seven yards to go for a Lions first down. They've got the football. Make it third down and three yards to go. Excuse me, I was reading the yardsticks in the opposite direction. It is the final game of the year. <laughs> so it's third down, three yards to go. Ball in defiance territory at the 48. Pearson to the right of Tomlin. Trips out to the near side for the Lions. Ball on the far hash mark. After that timeout, the Lions will have two remaining. Tomlin, long snap count. Play clock hadn't even started. Handoff to Pearson, and Pearson's going to be hit right after he caught the handoff. Back a loss of four to the 48-yard line in Lions territory, and the punting unit will come in. Jerry Porter will come in to punt the football away, and he's kicking things away at just under 39 yards a punt this year. And the Lions would love to have one of these boomers here from their own 48. Back set to return is Jerome Davis from Jupiter, Florida, 5'11". High end over end kick by Porter. It'll hit in defiance territory at the 16. Take a yellow jacket's bounce outside the 20 at the 21-yard line where Pearson will try to bat it back, but they will spot it right where Pearson tried to bat it back at the 21-yard line. So it's a, just a 31-yard kick for Jerry Porter, and the Yellow Jackets have it at their own 21-yard line, and that's where they'll start first and 10 with 8.39 remaining to go in this first half of play. Dan Benjamin will be our guest, the girls basketball coach here, women's basketball coach at Mount St. Joseph. By the way, they'll be playing Hiram next Saturday. And like we said, we'll have that game for you right around 7.15 next Saturday night from the Cintas Center. So it's first and 10 for the Jackets from their own 21. Miko hands it off up the middle, and it goes to Hughes. Hughes takes it across the 21 out to the 25-yard line for a gain of four on the run. Well, that's Bennett. Excuse me. Bennett with the carry. So Bennett takes it up to the 24-yard line. Second down, six yards to go. Stokes back into the ball game. And they send Santora out wide left. Stokes comes out wide right. We have not seen much today out of Craven. I don't know if he's injured or what, but we have not seen much of number seven. Miko rolls out to the right off play action. He's going to cut it upfield and slide down at about the 27-yard line. They'll say he went down at the 26. So that's a gain of just a yard, and it brings up third and six. Miko did not want to have anything to do with the Lions defender that was coming up, Colby Webb, and he just took the slide 
right into the 26-yard line. So it's third down, six yards to go. Hughes to the left now. He's into the ballgame for Bennett. Of Miko in the pistol. Trips to the left. Miko throws it over the middle. It is complete on the play to Stokes, and Stokes has got it near a first down at the 33. And that will be enough for a first down after a seven-yard completion. So it's first and ten for the Jackets at the 33-yard line. And the Lions continue to shuttle people in and out defensively. Checking into the ballgame now, Gavin Edmondson coming in and leaving was Fisher. Dropping back Miko. Miko's going to hand it off to Butler. Butler is going to be hit right at the line and dropped immediately by Spencer Kandra. Boy, has Kandra played well over the last five games. He has been dominant from that right defensive end position. He and Logan Bright have really done an outstanding job from that spot of the D-line. Second down. Call it a long nine yards to go. They'll give Bennett about a half-yard gain. Spread formation out of the pistol. Miko looks to his left, and it is complete on the play to Santora. Santora takes it out to about the 38-yard line, three yards on that reception. And make it about four yards, and it brings up third down six. Santora that time shielded the ball with his body away from the corner on the outside, Logan Day, and did not allow Day to come through and jump that route and intercept the pass, much like Speakman did earlier in the second quarter. Stokes comes out wide to the right-hand side. Empty backfield. They've got trips out to the near side. Movement by the Lions on the line. It's third and six, so the five-yard penalty, it'll be offside against the Lions, will not be enough to give Defiance the first down, but it'll bring up third and short. And let's see if that is what they call as offside against the Lions. I believe that's what they're going to call. Nobody's really making a move here. There, the, now they'll call it. So it's offside against the Lions. Connor McCracken jumping the snap count there. And that is going to be enough. Wow, boy, that's a long five. It was second and six, third and six, and the five-yard penalty evidently is going to give them the first down. I don't know how, even with old math. So it's first and ten. Handoff goes to Bennett, and Bennett is going to be hit right at the 40 and lose three yards on the play. Loss of three back to the 40, second and 13. Boy, the Lions defensive line has really done an outstanding job here this afternoon. Over the past few games, except for last week's game where the offensive line for Franklin really dominated things. Gave Chase Burton a lot of time to throw the football last week. The Lions D-line, and they're second in the conference in sacks. Rose Holman leads the conference with 39 sacks. Dropping back Miko off play action. He's going to roll out to his left. A lot of room. He's going to cut it to the 45 and run out of bounds near the 50-yard line. He's going to gain about six yards on that carry and bring up third down 
and four yards to go. More than that, he gained about nine yards on that carry. And it'll bring up third down, four yards to go as he's just shy of midfield at the 49-yard line. So four and a half minutes remaining to go in this first half. Third down, four yards to go. Stokes comes out wide to the right-hand side. Miko has got Hughes to his right out of the pistol. Drops back, throws it out to the right side, and it is complete to the 45. Spins away the receiver, gets hit at the 44, and he'll be stacked up at the 44 and downed right there. Shaman Sanders with the catch. Sanders with his third catch of the afternoon, and that's going to be enough for a first down on the play inside Mount St. Joseph territory to the 43-yard line. They just ran a little slant in from the outside receiver, and Sanders cut outside, and he was wide open on the play for the first down. First and ten. Four defiance. We're under four minutes and running left to go in this first half. Miko drops back, throws it out into the flat, incomplete. And that's one of those receivers, and we have no idea what his name is. Harvey. Now, as I hear the PA announcers say it, Harvey had that bounce right off his hands and incomplete. 3.41 left to go in this first half of play. Defiance with the football at the 43-yard line of Mount St. Joseph. Second down, 10 yards to go off the incompletion. They send their tight end, Tyler Gillig from Tiffin, out to a slot. Receivers out wide on both sides. Bennett and now Aaron Mershman comes in from way downfield to signal that he wants a timeout with 341 left to go in the first half of play, so we'll take one also. 21-3. to The Lions on top of the Yellow Jackets, and we'll be right back. Every day of the week is a party at JTAF Sports Bar and Grill at 6441 Glenway Avenue. Start with Saturdays, where JTAFs is your official stop for Mount St. Joe's football before and after the game. On Sunday is the NFL Sunday ticket. See a different game on every screen. And while you're there, check out the great service while enjoying all the different entrees on the JTAFs menu. It's wing night for Monday Night Football. Tuesday is boneless wing night. And Wednesday, stop by for gyro night. It's the place to be. Open every day at 11. JTAP Sports Bar and Grill at 6441 Glenway Avenue in Cincinnati. Dave Mitchell back here at Schuler Field. And after that timeout by Aaron Mershman of the Yellow Jackets, Defiance has the football at the 43-yard line of Mount St. Joseph, and it's second down, 10 yards to go. 341 left to go in this first half of play. Coming out wide right is Santora. Receivers out wide on both sides. Bennett back into the ball game. Dropping back. Miko. Miko's going to flip it out to Bennett. And it's knocked down at the line of scrimmage by Nolan Miller. Miller did a nice job. He couldn't get to the quarterback, Miko. But when he saw that he was getting ready to throw it out that direction, he put his big right paw up and batted the pass away. So it's incomplete. 3.37 left to go. And it's third down and 10 for the Yellow Jackets at the 43 of Mount St. Joseph. Big third down for the Lions defensively here. Trips are coming out to the near side for the Yellow Jackets. Ball on the near hash mark, too. Out wide to the left is Stokes. 
He's the single receiver out on the left-hand side, which is the wide side. Hughes is the running back. Dropping back Miko. Miko's going to throw it over the middle, and it's knocked away. Intercepted! Intercepted by Edmondson at the 40. 35-30. Cuts inside. He's got it at the 20, the 10, the 5. Touchdown! Gavin Edmondson, the sophomore from Perry, Georgia, intercepted the pass and ran it back 55 yards for the score. Second interception return of the day by the Lions in this first half. And with 3.24 left to go before halftime, it's now 27-3. Lions on top of the Yellow Jackets. Boy, a nice play. Just a great job of the Lions to get their hands up, battered away, and Edmondson took in the deflection for the score. And Porter drills the extra point. It is good. 3.24 left to go in the half. Your score. It's now Mount St. Joseph 28 and Defiance 3. Explore your nursing career options at Mount St. Joseph University. Built upon 90-plus years of experience in nursing, the Mount's nursing programs prepare professional and ethical leaders who promote holistic, evidence-based healthcare practices. The Mount's nursing programs are fully accredited by the Commission of Collegiate Nursing Education. Apply now at msj.edu slash apply to begin classes in the fall. Mount St. Joseph University continues to be a proven leader in nursing education. Visit us at msj.edu. Not a lot of scores available here this afternoon. The only one that we've got other than this one is Mount Union over Muskingum 24 to 7. Well, here's another one. Ohio Northern beating up on Wilmington 28 to 6. No score between Earlham and Bluffton, but I don't think that one for some reason has gotten underway because it's been stuck in the first quarter for a long time now and no score. So 3.24 left to go in the half. Lions with their second interception return for a touchdown today. Lead at 28-3. And Porter will be kicking it off from the 35-yard line. Stokes back set to return the football along with Nate Roberts. And Porter drills this one and it will be taken in the end zone by Harvey. And he'll just take a knee. Boy, Porter got all of that one and drilled it right into the end zone for the touchback. So Defiance will have it first and 10 at their own 25-yard line. That's where they'll start out. As we said, 324. Lions are playing today without Grayson Roberts. He's got the ankle injury. Cooper Earls, the shoulder injury. They're two receivers out today's game. Max Swoboda back with that arm brace. He's playing today, along with... Colby Webb, he's playing today. So it's first and ten for the Yellow Jackets at their own 25-yard line. Bennett is back into the football game. Miko, just his fifth interception or sixth interception here, thrown. Handoff goes to Bennett, and Bennett is going to take it just shy, just maybe over the line of scrimmage at the 25-yard line. They're going to say no gain. Ball right at the 25, second and 10. Like we said, we have not seen anything out of Devontae Craven today. He is their second best wide receiver other than Stokes. They combined for 79 catches coming into today's game. Dropping back, Miko, and he throws it out to the right, incomplete. 
Now we've got a new quarterback in the ballgame. I think they said his name is Michael Bass. So Bass is in a quarterback, number 18, but we've got no stats on him at all. They have taken out Miko in the ballgame. So Bass, the quarterback, on third and ten. With Hughes to his right, drops back. He's going to throw a screen pass, and it is complete on the left-hand side. Complete to Santora. Santora across the 25 to the 26, well defended by the Lions. And it is fourth down, nine yards to go. And it will be punting time for Defiance. And with 2.34 and two timeouts remaining, the Lions could conceivably get another opportunity to score here. Speakman is going to drop back at about his own 40 to return this punt from Robluski. Now the clock continues to run. Defiance is going to run as much time off the clock as they can. Play clock down to 10. Robluski, high snap. Robluski bobbled the snap. He's got to run out to the left. He's not going to be able to get it away. Cuts it across the 25 to the 30. He's going to get a first down. Across the 35 to the 36-yard line. He needed to get to the 35 and Robluski turned a disaster into a great play, and it's a first down for Defiance at the 36-yard line. That was a high snap that Robluski went up, couldn't gain control of it, bobbled it, ran it out to the left, and the Lions couldn't bring him down. So with a minute 50 left to go in the half, Defiance keeps the football on the run by the punter, but that was not a fake. He was caught in no man's land. Santora comes out wide to the right. Stokes slot right. Now Bass in an empty backfield. Puts a man in motion, and a penalty flag is going to be thrown. And I think it is going to be a timeout taken. Well, the flag is thrown. Aaron Mershman looked like he was running up to try to take a timeout there, but didn't get it taken in time. And no, it was a timeout. So evidently the new timeout signal is throwing a flag, and that's what the side judge did. So Defiance using a timeout, Aaron Mershman not wanting to waste this opportunity. There's a minute 31 left to go in the half, and we will take a timeout also. Your score, Mount St. Joseph 28, Defiance 3. Every day of the week is a party at JTAF Sports Bar and Grill at 6441 Glenway Avenue. Start with Saturdays, where JTAPS is your official stop for Mount St. Joe's football before and after the game. On Sunday is the NFL Sunday ticket. See a different game on every screen. And while you're there, check out the great service while enjoying all the different entrees on the JTAPS menu. It's wing night for Monday night football. Tuesday is boneless wing night. And Wednesday, stop by for gyro night. It's the place to be. Open every day at 11. JTAPS Sports Bar and Grill at 6441 Glenway Avenue in Cincinnati. Minute 31 left to go in this first half of play after that timeout by the Yellow Jackets head coach Aaron Mershman. Defiance has the football first and 10 at their own 36-yard line. And the handoff goes to Bennett right up the middle, and he carries it out to the 39. Gain of three on the play for the leading running back, junior from Tampa, Florida. Bennett makes it second down seven yards to go. Fisher out of the ballgame. Gavin Edmondson with a... 
interception return for a touchdown comes back into the ball game. As we said, the Lions are doing a lot of shuttling in and out on their defense today at the linebacker and defensive back positions. Boy, that defensive line is staying almost intact, and they've done an excellent job. Second down, seven yards to go, ball at the 39. Handoff goes to Bennett. Bennett up the left-hand side. He's going to spin forward across the 40 out to the 44. It's going to be a gain of five on the play for Bennett. This is the first time that Defiance has had really any semblance of a running game so far. And it brings up third and two. Ball just shy of the 45-yard line. They've got it spotted just outside the 44. 20 seconds remaining to go in the half, and Defiance, they're just going to be content to let this thing run out. 17 seconds left to go on the play clock. 15 seconds, and they're going to have to run one play, but they do have a timeout remaining, and I think Defiance is going to use it or accept the delay of game penalty and just punt the football away. Five seconds, and there's the flag, and the clock, game clock is going to run down to 1.7 seconds. Half the Defiance bench started walking towards the locker room, but they actually have got to punt the football away, and now they've called timeout. They're still going to have to punt the football away unless they decide to just run out the clock. Well, it's third and three. And they're going to put some more time on the clock. I think they want... Well, the clock right now is at 1.7. They're going to put it at two seconds. So they added three-tenths of a second to the clock. At halftime, Blake Watson will be interviewing Dan Benjamin, the women's basketball coach here at Mount St. Joseph. 28-3. to three. We may have Dan come in for the second half. Third down, two yards to go. Bass in the backfield. After that timeout, he's going to hand it off to Bennett. Bennett's going to be hit behind the line of scrimmage and dropped by Zach Taylor, and that will be it for the end of the first half of play here from Mount St. Joseph University at Schuler Field. And your score at the half, it is Mount St. Joseph 28 and Defiance 3. This Mount St. Joseph football broadcast is made possible by the Wishbone on Delhi. Casa de Sassi in Apple Creek, the Inner Blessings Christian Bookstore, Murphy's Promotions, Mount St. Joseph University, and by JTAP Sports Bar. Please let these sponsors know you heard their name on Mount St. Joseph broadcast on UltimateSportsTalk.com. Did you know that scoliosis is a curvature of the spine that affects more than 6 million Americans? With no known cause, it most often turns up during adolescence. Early detection is key to successful treatment. That's why Shriners Hospitals for Children is reminding parents to have their kids' spines checked every year. Download our free Spine Screen app and do a quick check at home today. Hi, I'm Mike Thornton. And I'm Tom Norris. I'm Tom Kelly. I'm Barney Barnum, and I was privileged to serve as a Marine in the Vietnam War. I'm Tom Hudner, and I was privileged to serve as a Navy fighter pilot in Korea. 
thank you for your service to our country. We are so very proud of you. As a fellow combat warrior, I thank you for your service. Both Mike and I know firsthand the challenges of combat, and we're privileged to serve with the Navy SEALs in Vietnam. Like you, I have experienced the challenges of war. Back in the day, they didn't have the services, the resources, and tools that are available today to help the troops and their families to stay mentally strong and to deal with the challenge of adjusting after deployment. The tools and resources are there now. Please, make use of them. Don't hesitate to use them. Be strong and determined. Stay strong and have the courage to seek help. Don't let the enemy you defeated on the battlefield defeat you at all. Someone do something, please. Call 911. Call 911. Call 911. The longest moments, those moments that occur after you call 911 and then finally hear the sirens in the distance, you can fill in those longest moments. You can do something. I was dead. I was dead. I was dead. I was dead. I was dead till someone did something. Most sudden cardiac events are witnessed by friends, family, co-workers, and bystanders. They can help a person continue to live. Is your community or workplace heart safe? I was on my way to the hospital when my heart stopped beating. I was at home. I was in church. I was at a basketball game. I was at a nightclub. I was at work when my heart stopped beating. Someone called 911. Someone started CPR. Someone brought an AED. Is your community or workplace heart safe? Someone did something and I'm alive. All right, guys, we're back here at halftime. Uh, we're going to be joined here in just a second by the booth, in the booth by um, head women's basketball coach of Mount St. Joseph, uh, Dan Benjamin. He's coming in to talk about the Lauren Hill Tip-Off Classic we'll be having next weekend. Um, and and do, do a little bit of football bro, football with us, too. He's an ex-football coach, so he knows what he's talking about here. All right, so we are officially joined by Dan Benjamin. This is Blake Watson, Mount St. Joseph Sports Information Director. Um, coach, thanks for spending some time with me at halftime. Blake, thanks for having us. All right, Coach, we're, we're a week away. Um, a week away from, from, from getting it going this year. Uh, we start, as always, next Saturday following the Xavier game at – at the Centaur Center, Lauren Hill Tip-Off Classic. What are you expecting from that day? Well, you're going to see a brand-new team this year. We got uh, a lot of young recruits that came in. I think we're 12 or 13 freshmen this year and a, and a sophomore who's brand-new to the program, one uh, one senior that's been with us for all four years, and then uh, one senior who uh, transferred in from Capital, and then we got uh, two or three returning juniors you saw quite a bit of time over their last uh, two years. Yeah, Coach, it looks like uh, you're going to have a lot of fresh faces that play big-time minutes for you this year. Absolutely. You know, you never know what you're going to get with freshmen. It's going to be their first collegiate game, and uh, I'm sure the atmosphere there will be overwhelming for them. Uh, you know, we'll probably have two to 3,000 people. That's our anticipation, and they've never played in front of a crowd that big. And, we're, you know, we're going to go over Friday the 10th and do a little shoot-around and let them acclimate themselves a little bit to the arena, and hopefully they'll come out and play basketball and once that – Ball's tossed and the whistle gets going, blown, and uh, they're ready to play. Yeah, I, I went over to the shoot around with you guys last year for the game. It, uh, it's a pretty cool feeling being on that court in that gym, you know, thinking about how many people have watched games in there. It's, just, it's a pretty cool feeling. Oh, it's amazing. I, I don't know uh, if you were at the, the first uh, game for Lauren and uh, everything she accomplished. And uh, to fulfill a dream for a girl is amazing, but to fulfill a dream for all the DIPG cancer fighters was amazing and watched 10,000 plus buy tickets in under 40 minutes and then to see that stadium sold out 
and uh, it was truly amazing to watch. Everybody was there for Lauren to make that layup, and uh, you know she sent a loud message to a lot of people across the world about cancer and never giving up and, and living out your dreams, whether it's at the Division Three level, Division One level, whether it's you know in your workforce or in whatever things you pursue in life. She was that voice for everybody. Yeah, Dan, I actually uh, I gave my ticket away to Taylor Brown, so so, so another one of her family members could come. I, I kind of regret it. I watched it on TV, but, you know. Well, that's that's pretty amazing that you gave up a ticket. That You know, that's kind of what Lauren was telling everybody. Be unselfish. That, that's what you know? I felt in that moment. It's like I would love to go, but I would love to experience it with my family, and it's one ticket. You know, let's let's help one of these girls get their, their, their family there. Um, what do you expect from next weekend as far as the day goes? Uh, I know Xavier plays before us. Can you give us a little bit of the timeline? I know we get the balance for the cure, things like that. Oh, absolutely. It's going to be a long day for us, but it's going to be an upbeat uh, atmosphere. It's, it's, it's a draining day, emotional day, and it'll actually start the night before on the 10th. We will host a dinner for all four teams, Xavier, who will play uh, the University of New Hampshire, Hiram, and us. And that will be hosted by the Hills. We'll be uh, at Lawrenceburg High School. And everybody will get the opportunity to see what Lawrenceburg did for Lauren. Uh, that will be followed up on Saturday with the bounce for the cure. All proceeds go to the cure starts now. And that uh, check-in will be at 4. The bounce will start at 4.30. It's $5 for kids who are in 8th grade and under. And they get a ticket to the game. They also get a courtesy uh Xavier Basketball, which will be sponsored by Home City Ice, which we're excited. They sponsored us last year. And like I said, that ticket to the game will be amazing. You get to see two collegiate games, the Division One schools, Xavier and New Hampshire, and then the Division Three schools, Hiram and ourselves. Uh, they also have general admissions, Blake, uh, $10 for adults, $5 for youth, and they do group sales as well. 15 to 24 tickets will cost you $3 each, 25 to 99 tickets is $2, and 100 tickets or more is a dollar each. Uh, you can go to Xavier.edu and find that, and you can also call the athletic department there. I think it's 745-3411. Um, yeah, we hope to have a really good turnout at this game next weekend. Um, so what do, you, what do you tell your team before this event? How do Because we've talked, you and I, off, off the air. You're down to one player that played with Lauren. So how do you continue that legacy to be a part of your program? Well, you got to continue to carry on her mission, not just about cancer, but about never giving up in life. You know, as I talked to the University of New Hampshire coach this week, they're excited to come down here. She's got three Cincinnati girls, and that was the first thing they asked her, is this the Lauren Hill Tip-Off Classic? You know, one's a senior, the other two are underclassmen. But, you know, as Coach and I talked, we talked about the – Things we all go through in life, the hardships, the adversity we all face. And that's what Lauren was teaching as well, the never give up part. It wasn't not just to give up on your dream about playing collegiate basketball. It was not giving up on your dream about being who you want to be and overcoming all those obstacles that you may face. And, you know, you keep telling every recruit that. And last week I had a recruit in who was in eighth grade that happened to make Lauren's game. And I flat out asked her, why would you choose to visit us? And she said, because of Lauren. I was at the game. The impact she made on my life has taught me that I want to be somebody different and special. And, and we're going to continue that legacy here at the Mount. And I get every university goes through adversity, as Coach and I talked. And you got to keep bringing that out in kids. As we all know, and you know, Blake, we all go through that. Uh, it may be something big like what Lauren fought, 
or it may be something small that may be, uh, you know, it seems big to you at the time. And we got to teach our recruits and kids that come in that that's part of their legacy as well. You know, it's tough to be a college student. We all know that it's not easy. You, you face adversity in that alone. So we're going to keep that part of Lauren's legacy alive as far as never giving up. Yeah, it's a lot like, uh, you know, another sports hero, Jim Valvano, had the same type of type of mentality. Um, and I, I know that that speech, and I'm quite a bit older than Lauren, obviously, but the Jimmy V speech had a big impact on my life. Um, I, there was a few, a lot of things in my life that I that I would battle, and I never would have got through without that speech, um, up to and including the death of my father. Um, but yeah, we're really excited to see you guys get going. Um, what do you expect out of your team once you get into the regular season? Like, this is a regular season game, obviously, but it's different. It kind of stands on its own. And then we get into the meat of your schedule. So what do you expect to see from your kids then? Yeah, absolutely. This is a different game. And uh, Once we get into the season, I'm hoping as young as we are, we learn and grow and develop every day and just get better at practice, get better at all the small things, uh, typical things that all programs go through, you know, handling the ball properly, limiting your turnovers, make sure we're making quality passes, boxing out, uh, not giving up second chance points and, and getting to the loose balls, the 50-50 ones that uh, you, you need to win. Uh, we didn't play bad basketball last year with the seven girls we had. We just didn't have the stamina. I think we're going to get more of that out of the talent we brought in this past year. We're going to be young, like I said earlier, but uh, they're growing, they're learning. I, I really feel we're going to do better than what most people expect of us, but of course every coach is that way with their team. And we're anxious next Saturday to see what we got against the talent that we're going to put on the floor. And, uh, you know, we'll just keep teaching them and educating them and making them better. And hopefully by December, the middle of December, as we get into the, the tougher part or the meat of our uh, conference, that we're, we're able to make some noise. Well, Coach, thanks for talking about your team with us. Um, I do want to ask you one thing, your former football coach. What do you think of this first half? <laughs> Not bad. I really love the defensive play. They had some great uh, – plays with a nice pick, a one-handed pick at that for a touchdown, and then the, the pick prior to that was awesome. Offense struggled to get going a little bit, and I heard you guys talking about some key injuries they had, and they have to make the adjustments. They ran a lot of empty because of that, I believe I heard you guys say, but the, not bad. They, they were moving the ball. They started out slow. I did like that they went to the more up-tempo, no huddle, and just called the play at the line a little bit more, and I I really like that for them, and hopefully they'll keep that up and finish the season out with a strong win here today and uh, be 6-4. and four. I know you're uh, a former punter coach. Jerry's out there warming up. What do you think? Critique is warm a little bit for us. Uh, <laughs> Jerry's got a strong leg. Uh, you know, everybody thinks it's easy to, to kick a foot on. I always tell them when I hear people complaining like they did with Mike Nugent at the Bengals, I said, hey, any day you want to go out and kick, I'll let you kick one and have somebody try and come and take your head off. I'll teach you that too. Uh, he, he's got a strong leg. I think he's lost some focus this year after talking to him a few times. Uh, you know, like anything else, like golf, like free throws and basketball, you got to keep <coughs> tweaking those fundamentals every day and not get away from them. But he's a, he's a good, strong kicker, and uh, he's a he's a heck of a kid. And I'm hoping that he gets his mind set up for his senior year to say he wants to put more effort into it. Yeah, I don't know how much you know about this team, Coach. This team could be really, really special come a year from now. Bring back almost everybody that's been – Contributing, especially late in the year, um, quarterback, running back. If Nuke comes back healthy, receivers all the way across the board. Four of your five offensive linemen from the offense that has basically set every passing record in school history this year. So 
fan. That's something you got to be excited about if you're a Lions fan. Oh, absolutely. And you hit it on the head there with the four out of five offensive linemen coming back. That's huge for any program. Uh, as we saw with the Bengals, you lost two of the best in the NFL, and they've struggled. And, you know, I talk to Hop a lot about football when we get a chance, and he's doing a heck of a job and his staff. Uh, you know, we both realistically looked at things, and I think they should be 7-3, and three, if not 8-2. and two. When you let games slip away, that's what happens. And uh, you're right. I'm looking forward to next season and seeing how great they're going to be, and hopefully they'll contend for the uh, ACAC Conference Championship and get a run at the NCAA. That would be huge. Again, Dan, uh, Coach Bear, thank you for your time, man. Really appreciate spending time with you. No problem. Thanks, Blake. If you served honorably in our nation's armed forces and you're looking for a way to continue serving your fellow veterans and your community, then join AMVETS. Each year, AMVETS members volunteer millions of hours at VA healthcare facilities from coast to coast, helping to improve the lives of their fellow veterans through the VA Voluntary Services Program. AMVETS posts and departments also participate in a wide variety of community service projects, ranging from Americanism in our schools to supporting the Special Olympics and Boy Scouts of America. Even if you no longer wear the uniform today, you can still serve through the AMVETS by joining today at AMVETS.com. Did you know that scoliosis is a curvature of the spine that affects more than 6 million Americans? With no known cause, it most often turns up during adolescence. Early detection is key to successful treatment. That's why Shriners Hospitals for Children is reminding parents to have their kids' spines checked every year. Download our free Spine Screen app and do a quick check at home today. Dave Mitchell back here at Schuler Field, Mount St. Joseph University, where it is 28-3. to Mount St. Joseph on top of this one here this afternoon over the Defiance College Yellow Jackets. Our thanks to Dan Benjamin for being our guest here at halftime and Blake Watson for manning the controls while I had an opportunity to take a little bit of a break here. Let's take a look at the stats for this afternoon's ball game. First of all, Boy, if you looked at this as far as the first downs are concerned, you would think that this was a close game, but it's not. Defiance has got nine first downs compared to the Lions' eight in the ball game. Defiance has ran the ball 23 times for 14 total yards. The Lions six times for 10 yards. But passing yards, boy, when you look at this, it's 129 yards for Defiance on 11 of 23 for two interceptions. The Lions 12 of 21, three interceptions, 146 yards in the ball game. Defiance has got more total yards than the Lions do, 143 to 136. But the turnovers, they're all even Stephen at three apiece in the ball game. Two interceptions and a fumble recovery by the Lions. And three interceptions in the ball game by the Defiance Yellow Jackets. Jalen Neely, 10 of 21 passing for 127 yards in the ball game for Defiance. I'm not sure who Jalen Neely is, to be honest with you, because he is not the quarterback that that is Logan Miko. Miko is the quarterback, but they've got Jalen Neely as the quarterback. Tomlin, 12 of 20, 21 for 146 yards, two touchdowns, and three interceptions in this afternoon's football game. 28-3 to the score. Let's take a look at some scores, and there are not many. I'm not sure what's going on with the Bluffton game with Earlham. There is no score coming out of Earlham in that ball game. 
So we have no score in that one as of yet. Elsewhere outside the conference, Ohio Northern is really beating up on Wilmington 42-12. to And Mount Union doing the same to Muskingum 45-7. to Now the schedule is ready for next year except for the date for the Mount St. Joseph football team next year. So let's take a look at what's going to happen next year. Well, they do have the dates in here, but they don't have the times or anything. The Lions are going to open up on September 1st. That'll be the opening game of the year, and that will be here at home against Capital. So they will be taking on Capital in that opening game. Then Moorhead State, that'll be the first road game of the year. That's game number two on September 8th. Now, as far as the rest, Rose-Holman will be the opening conference game, and that will be on September the 15th. Earlham comes to town on September the 22nd. And then you've got everybody else that comes in, Bluffton, Manchester. Franklin will be the game on October 13th. Defiance College will be a game on October the 20th, so things are jumbled just a little bit. Hanover will be the next game on October 27th. Anderson on November 3rd. That will be the last game, and next year the Lions again are going to have the bye their last week of the season. So same thing as this year. In case you're wondering why this is the last game of the year when there's one week left to go, that's why, because the Lions have got the bye coming up next week, and that will round out their season for the 2017 year. 28-3, to your score here at the half. Lions on top of it. I'm Dave Mitchell. We'll be back with more right after this timeout. Hello, I'm Linda Gray, and I lost my mother and a dear friend to Alzheimer's disease. Nearly two-thirds of the five and a half million Americans suffering from Alzheimer's are women. Join the fight to help find treatments and cures for Alzheimer's faster by registering at brainhealthregistry.org. We collect vital research information online for free. Please do your part. I'm doing mine. And keep in mind our next broadcast, since this is the last home game of the season for the Lions, keep in mind our next broadcast is coming up on next Saturday, and that is going to be basketball action for you as the women's basketball team from Mount St. Joseph will play in that Lauren Hill Classic. Game time should be somewhere around 7, 7.30. We're going to be on the air with that one at around 7, 7.30, and the reason we can't give you a precise time is because Xavier is playing New Hampshire at 5, so depending upon when that game gets over is when we will be tipping off the game against Hiram. So that will be happening next Saturday from the Cintas Center. Get your tickets now, or you can listen to it here on UltimateSportsTalk.com. 28-3 your score. Mount St. Joseph on top of it here. Defiance is going to be receiving the second half kickoff, and the question is, who is going to be the quarterback? Number 18, by the way, we checked on that at halftime. His name is Jordan Lodge. Lodge came in to take the place of Logan Miko, and we'll see whether or not it's going to be Miko at quarterback for Defiance or Lodge, who is number 18. Jerry Porter coming in. He's going to kick the football away for the longest time this year throughout the season. The Lions had Spencer Dufresne kicking the football off. But Jerry Porter, who did it the first couple of games, then Dufresne took over, is 
the last few games has been taking over those kickoff chores again. So we're set to go. Lions going from right to left across your computer screen. 28 to 3. I'm Dave Mitchell and Porter drills the second half kickoff in and through the end zone for a touchback. And Defiance will take it over first and 10 at their own 25 after the touchback. So the Yellow Jackets, they did get some sort of a running game going in the towards the end of the second quarter, but right now, down by 25 points, there's 30 minutes of football remaining. They're going to have to get some turnovers, and it looks like it is going to be Miko coming back in a quarterback. It will be. Miko, the freshman from Gross Point Park, Michigan. In the first half, he was 10 of 21 for 127 yards and two interceptions. Both of them for touchdowns. And he drops back, looks out to his left. He's got a receiver. That is Santora, and it is knocked away at the last second by Logan Day incomplete. Miko hung that pass up there. If he'd have led Santora just a little bit more, Santora had a step on Day. But it fell incomplete as Day was able to catch back up, knock the pass away. Second and ten from the 25. Bennett to the right. Of the quarterback, Miko. Now defensively, the Lions are honorableizing and dropping back. Handoff is going to go to Bennett off the left side. He's going to be hit behind the line and dropped. Back at the 23-yard line for a loss of two on the play. Logan Bright back there along with Corey Harden. Those two, along with the entire defensive line for the Lions this year, have played outstanding football. They have done a great job. They came into this afternoon's ball game with 23 sacks on the season. That's second in the league behind Rose Holman, who had 39. Just to give you an idea, one of the leaders in Division One is Auburn in sacks, and they had 23. So Rose Holman's defensive line really doing the job as far as sacking the opposing team's quarterback. Now, Miko out of the pistol. They've got trips out to the far side. Miko's going to throw the ball over the middle. He's got a receiver. It's intercepted by Edmondson and then dropped. Boy, the intended receiver, Alex Gonzalez, he turned into the defensive back basically because Edmondson had that football and the pass then was evidently just broken up at the last second by Gonzalez. He's from Defiance High School. So it is... Fourth down, 12 yards to go. Speakman will drop back, set to return for the Lions. Robluski, who turned disaster into a first down last time, gets a slow snap from center, and he just shanked one upfield, but gets a great bounce. Speakman is going to take it in at the 40. Fumbled the football, but got it back at about the 43-yard line. That thing was bouncing all over the field. Speakman probably should have just let it roll, but he decided to jump on it and then bobbled it and ended up falling right on top of the football. So the Lions defense causes a three and out for Defiance, and they take the football over at their own 43-yard line. 14-11 left to go in the third quarter of play. It is 28-3, empty backfield for Tomlin. He's got the lead and the football. Drops straight back. He's going to throw it out in the flat, complete to Trayon Taylor to the 45. He'll take it up to the 49 near midfield. Struggles forward, gets some aid from A.J. Glines and pushes him out to the 50-yard line. And it's a gain of seven on that reception. 
Brings up second down three right in midfield. Taylor had a good first half also. That's his second catch of the afternoon. D.J. Martin out wide. Left Tomlin's going to throw it out to the right. Complete to Glines at the 45-yard line in defiance territory. Down as he struggles forward to the 43. That's a gain of eight on the reception and a first down for Mount St. Joseph. They had eight in the first half. Now they've got nine all total with 13 and a half minutes left to go in the third quarter. Tomlin onto the empty backfield. Spread formation. Drops back. Looks to his left. He's going to throw it deep. He's got D.J. Martin all alone. He's got it at the 10. Inside the 10 and run out of bounds at the 7-yard line. Nice play by Tomlin. And he just laid it right into the breadbasket of D.J. Martin for the reception. And another first down for the Lions inside Defiance territory. Down to the 7-yard line. We said at the beginning of the game, D.J. Martin was going to have to be one of the receivers that came up big for the Lions today, and he has so far in this one. First down, goal to go for Mount St. Joseph. Tomlin throws it into the end zone, incomplete, tried to go to A.J. Cyrus, but there might have been some mix-up there as far as the play, because in front of Cyrus, who was on the back edge of the end zone, was D.J. Martin, and I don't think Martin knew if the ball was thrown to him or Cyrus. Go from the 7th. 13.04 remaining in the 3rd. Lions with the football. Second and goal from the Defiance 7-yard line and a 25-point lead. Cyrus moves in motion to the far side. Dropping back Tomlin. Pump fake. He's going to run it to the left-hand side. Still sees a lot of green, but flips it into the end zone for the score. D.J. Martin with the score on the left side. He was wide open. The defense... Four, Defiance thought Tomlin was going to take off and run, but he stopped just short of the line of scrimmage and flipped it out to D.J. Martin for the touchdown. And with 12.56 left to go in the third, it's now 34-3. The Lions on top of it. Boy, this is not what the coaching staff of Mount St. Joseph thought this game would be. They thought it would be tougher than this. And Porter... Drills the extra point. 12.56 left to go in the third. It's now 35-3. to Mount St. Joseph over Defiance. You want to advance your career through education, but you don't want to disrupt family commitments or a busy work schedule. Mount St. Joseph University can help. The Mount School of Business offers a Master's of Science degree in organizational leadership with face-to-face classes every third Saturday. The MSOL program is a multidisciplinary master's program that focuses on values-based leadership, helping you develop professional knowledge and skills with courses in organizational leadership and business. Learn more at msj.edu slash msol. Students will also be at sports events to collect items and cash. 35-3. Mount St. Joseph on top of it with 12.56 remaining to go in this third quarter. And before the game, we had to abbreviate Coach Hopperton's comments about this game just simply because of the Senior Day ceremonies. We wanted to get that in for you to hear. But one of the things that Hop said was that normally Defiance plays very good defense, physical, and it's always a tough game, as evidenced by last year's ball game, 21 to 20, Mount St. Joseph winning. But today has been completely a Lions dominant performance. Kickoff taken in by Stokes. Stokes. 
Takes it a yard deep, takes it across the 15 to the 20, 25, 30, and he takes it out across the 40 to the 41-yard line, and that's where he stopped right there. Nice 41 return from a yard deep in the end zone by Stokes. And that'll be the best starting spot offensively for Defiance, and that's the 40-yard line. First and 10, 12, 46 left to go in the third quarter. Final game of the season. Lions trying to finish up 6-4 and four for the second straight year. Fake handoff. Ball fumbled on the play. It'll be picked up by Nolan Miller. Miller tried to scoop it up and run it in for a touchdown, and he ended up not able to scoop it up, but he jumped on it at the 26-yard line, and a fumble recovery for the Lions gives them the football back. They'll set up shop at the 26-yard line of Defiance. Boy, Miller came in and almost scooped that thing up, and he'd been gone for a touchdown. But when he couldn't pick it up initially, he just fell on top of it. Like the smart defensive lineman that he is, a senior. And the Lions, after the recovery on the turnover, they've got it first and ten at the 26-yard line of Bluff of Defiance. Same area, just different school. First and ten for the Lions. Tomlin, empty backfield. Drops back, looks to the left. He's going to throw it into the end zone. He's got a receiver. D.J. Martin dives for it. Couldn't come up with it incomplete. Number one, Chayton Tomlin's pass incomplete. Martin has got some momentum right now, and they're going to feed him because he's been coming up big in this one. Pound for pound, he may have the most talent of anyone on that receiving core just because of his size and physicality. Trips out to the near side. Nick Murphy wide left. Dropping back is Tomlin. Flips it out to Tucker. Tucker takes it inside the 20, and he'll be brought down at the 16-yard line. It's a gain of about nine yards on that reception to Michael Tucker, and it brings up third down and a yard to go. This is where it hurts the Lions that they don't have a consistent running back. That's what they hope Presswood will be back next year, and he'll give them that explosiveness in the backfield. Tomlin, pump fake. He's going to run it up the middle to the 15. He's got the first down, cuts it back to the 10, and he's dropped right near the 10-yard line. Good play by Ricardo Jimenez. Jimenez had a great play in the first half on his sack and comes back and knocks Tomlin down after picking up the first down on a six-yard game. And they're going to spot the ball right at the 11-yard line. So it's first down, 10 yards to go. Lions can get a first down without scoring. First and 10 from the Defiance 11. Play clock down to 10. So Tomlin, plenty of time. Now he takes the snap, looks to his left, throws it out to the left. It is complete on the play, and it goes to Deshaun Shepard, and Shepard gets knocked out of bounds near the two-yard line. That's a nine-yard completion, almost 10. It's going to be close to a first down, but they're going to say he's just shy by about a half yard. Second down, calling a short yard to go for a first down for the Lions with 11-15 remaining in this third quarter. Trips out to the far side. Tomlin empty backfield on second and a yard. Looks over to the left again. He throws it incomplete to Shepard right at the goal line. Went right through his hands. He had the touchdown, but couldn't come up with it. And, excuse me, that was Trayon Taylor. 
Taylor letting it go through his hands incomplete. Third down, two yards to go for a first down for the Lions. It's less than two. Not a long yard, but they could still get a first down inside the one-yard line without scoring. Trips out to the right-hand side in a diamond formation. D.J. Martin, the setback on the left-hand side, and Tomlin looks his way. Now he rolls out to the right under a heavy rush. Now he's got a clear sailing. Throws it into the end zone to Glines. Did Glines come up with it? Yes! Touchdown, Lions! 10.55 left to go in this first third quarter of play. 41-3. Lions on top of it. They've got two touchdowns here in the second half, and they are completely in control of this one. 41-3, to and Jerry Porter will come in to attempt the extra point. Well, you look at the games that the Lions have had over the last four weeks, and we'll total it up and bring it to you. After that extra point, Jerry Porter puts it up and through. So there's 10.55 left to go in the third quarter. Your score is Mount St. Joseph 42 and Defiance 3. Family owned and operated, Casa de Sassi is built on timeless principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Your trust is vitally important, which is why Casa de Sassi takes care of you like part of their family. With timeless values, their products are made to resemble the classic old-world Italian style. They offer granite, ledgestone, limestone, and more. Providing a quality product is just the beginning of the care you get from Casa de Sassi in Apple Creek. Call now, 330-830-9760. Well, the point I was going to make before we went to that break with 10.55 left to go in the third, it's 42-3. to Lions on top of it. In the last three and a half ball games, and you gotta take this, this game into consideration as only being half over. The Lions have scored 218 points in the last four ball games. That's averaging 54 points a game. They scored 39 points and lost 66 to 39 as Porter drills that one in the end zone and Stokes will take a knee. So Defiance will have it first and 10 at their 25. The offense moved the ball last week, and the Lions, the last four games of this season, have been outstanding offensively, as we said, averaging 54 points. And this one isn't even over yet. So Defiance will have it first and 10 at their own 25. With 10.55 remaining in the third quarter. And Miko. The freshman quarterback stays out there. They took him out towards the end of the first half after he threw his second pick six. And he'll hand it off up the middle. It goes to Hughes, and Hughes is going to be stopped right at the 25 and can't go anywhere. The Lions' defensive line have completely dominated that offensive line for defiance. And now we've got a problem here, I think. One of the, I think Hughes has got something caught in his face mask, and I think it's the wristband of, it looks like, Corey Harden or Zach Taylor, one of the two, is caught in his face mask. And the officials came up, and they're trying to get those two separated, and they finally just took Hughes out of his helmet, and now they'll try to 
detach whatever is hanging on to Zach Taylor's arm and now give it back to Hughes. Now, I hope they don't make Hughes because they had to take his helmet off. I hope they don't make him leave for a play. And let's see. That was Dustin Applegate. And I'm not sure what he got caught, if it was tape or something that but they're looking at his right wrist. He's okay. I think they just have to pull him out of the ball game. And they are going to allow Hughes to stay in, even though he had, he had to take his helmet off to get detached from Applegate. No gain on the play. No on the play. Second and ten from the 25. Miko drops back, looks up the middle, rolls out to the right a little bit, now flips it out into the left flat, incomplete. Trying to go to Harvey. And brings up third down and ten from the 25-yard line. Miko came in completing 62% of his passes, but he was nowhere near that in the first half of play. And he has had trouble just getting the football accurately to his receivers this afternoon. 10-24 remaining in the third. Dropping back is Miko, and he completes it to Stokes. Stokes at the 30-yard line. Spins to his right, now to his left. He's going to be stacked up and down at the 32-yard line, but he'll be shy of the first down by about three yards. That's a seven-yard completion. But the Lions' defense... You know, another thing that we have not talked about today is the loss of Tyler Hanna. Hanna, the junior DB, he's been out the last couple of games, so that defensive secondary over the last half of the season has been playing with a depleted secondary. But that defensive line has tried to make up for it and more. So it's fourth down two. Defiance will punt the ball away. Good snap to Robluski. He gets a low sidewise kick that's going to take a defiance bounce inside the 20, inside the 15 to the 10, and it will roll dead at the 9-yard line. That's a 58-yard punt aided by the roll by Robluski. And with 9.25 remaining to go in the third quarter, Mount St. Joseph will take it over. First and 10 at their own nine-yard line. 42-3, to and now the question is just, how long is Chayton Tomlin going to stay in? This team is going to have him back. It's going to have a majority of the receivers. A.J. Glines, even though he's a senior, he's got one year of eligibility left. He could be back next year. It all depends on what he decides to do. So he could be back next year if he wants to be and go through the senior day ceremonies again. Pearson is, or excuse me, Williamson is off to the left, and he gets the handoff from Tomlin. He'll take it out to the 10-yard line. And just over the 10 to the 11, so a gain of two for Williamson, making his first appearance into the ballgame today. Williamson, one of the players that has been the at the running back position, but nobody really has taken the position over since Presswood went down. Tomlin, with 8.50 and running, drops straight back on second and nine, flips it out on the left-hand side to Williamson. Williamson's going to be hit and dropped at the 12, making the 13-yard line. That's a gain of two. 
And it brings up third down, six yards to go for the Lions. And now Tucker is into the ball game, and Williamson will leave. Tucker will go out to a slot receiver position. Third down and six. A.J. Glines, slot right. Devin Bradley, wide right to the far side. Two receivers on an empty backfield for Tomlin. On third and six from their own 13. Tomlin looks to the right, and he tries to go to Tucker. It's knocked away at the last second incomplete. That was a good defensive play by Defiance's cornerback, Brandon Knapp. Remember, they lost Colton Davis early in this game when he was kicked out for targeting. 8.08 left to go, so they've been playing with less than a full complement of DBs also. Jerry Porter's going to punt the ball away from his own end zone with 8.08 remaining, and this game has slowed to a snail's pace. Porter will kick it away from his old goal line. Nice, high, hanging kick. It'll be taken in on the fair catch by Defiance. Good kick, and again, got another number out there, number five, that not on our roster. So the fair catch gives Defiance the football at the 43. So it's first and ten for the Yellow Jackets. 8.01 remaining to go. In this third quarter. 42-3, Lions lead it. Nico under center. Hands off. Up the middle. It goes to Bennett. Bennett's going to take it out to the 46-yard line. Gain of three on the run. They have stuck mainly with the passing game. And now there's a man down for the Lions at about the 45-yard line. And try to see who that is. I'm not sure what the number is of that player that's down for the Lions right at the 45-yard line. We'll try to get that for you as it looks like they're looking at his right leg. Now let's take a look at the scoreboard. Right now we've got Youngstown State over Indiana State, 52-24. to Let's flip over and see if we can find some scores around the national circuit since we don't have any scores reporting from the Heartland Conference here this afternoon. Earlham and Bluffton, there is no score there. And now getting up is the player for Mount St. Joseph, and that is Connor McCracken. So McCracken up, and he's holding his left thigh. He appears to be okay. So let's take a look. Penn State over Michigan State. That game is delayed in the second quarter, 14-7. to Florida State over Syracuse, 27-24. Kansas State beating Texas Tech. I'll switch that. Texas Tech beating Kansas State, 35-27. And Texas State over New Mexico, 14-7. We'll take a look at some other scores coming up here in just a little bit. Miko drops back. He's going to be hit and dropped from behind the line of scrimmage by Spencer Kandra again. And he's going to be dropped right about at the line, about a yard behind the original line of scrimmage. Loss of three on the play. Kandra has just been outstanding 
along with the rest of that defensive line, and they're all coming back. He's a sophomore from right here in Cincinnati. So it will be third down and 11 yards to go. And Jordan Lodge, who came in to replace Miko in the second quarter, is warming up on the sideline. So it's third down, 11 yards to go from the 42-yard line. Dropping back, Miko, he's going to flip it up the middle. He's complete, complete on the play to Harvey. Harvey's got it in Mount St. Joseph territory inside the 45 down to the 43-yard line. That's a 15-yard reception and a first down for the Yellow Jackets. Miko did a nice job of standing in and flipping the ball out of there under pressure. Gillig back into the ball game, the tight end for Defiance. Colby Webb is back into the ball game also. Boy, Blake was right. Webb, for about the last six ball games, has been playing with a torn groin muscle, and there's nothing he can do to it any further than what it is, so he just decided to gut it out in play since this was his senior year. Bennett with the handoff, stutter steps, cuts to the right, and he'll be stopped at the 42. Gain of a yard in the play for Corey Bennett. But Webb, one of the leaders on this defense, and of course it, it hasn't helped his lateral movement, but there is no further injury that can be done to this. After the season, who knows what he'll do, but had he been an underclassman, he probably would have had surgery and just come back next year, but since it's his senior year, he decided not to. Second down, nine yards to go from the 42, and Miko's going to be hit and dropped in his own territory. Miko got hit by Nolan Miller. Miller dropped him along with Spencer Kandra back to the 48-yard line. Loss of 10 yards on the play, and it brings up third down and 20 for the Yellow Jackets with five minutes exactly remaining to go in this third quarter. Every time the Lions have dialed up a sack opportunity, they've managed to come through. Miko has got Hughes now to his right out of the pistol formation, and now the back judge is going to call a delay of game as the play clock ran out before Miko could get the ball away. So it's a five-yard penalty, so it doesn't really hurt all that much. Instead of third and 20, it's third and 25. Still 44-41 left to go. Hey, don't forget that the women's soccer team is playing tonight over in Franklin in the Heartland Conference Championship game. It's the number one seed, Franklin, against the number two seed, Mount St. Joseph. You can watch it on the live stream on the Mount St. Joseph website, and that will be coming up at 7 o'clock tonight. Third and 25, handoff goes to Hughes. Hughes cuts it right up the middle into Lions territory across the 50 to the 48-yard line. That's a gain of nine on the play, but it'll still be shy of the first down. Bring up fourth down, 14 yards to go. And it'll be punting time for Defiance. And Troy Speakman will drop back, set to return. We're under four minutes to go in this third quarter. 3.50 remaining in the third as the season dwindling down just about 18 and a half minutes remaining in the season. 
Slow snap. Getting away is Robluski, a low-end-over-end kick that Speakman is going to take in at his 8-yard line, cuts it up to the 10, and he'll be gang-tackled at the 11-yard line. Just about a 4-yard return for Troy Speakman after a 48-yard punt. So they'll stop him right at the 10-yard line. Well, now they'll mark him at the 11. 3.29 remaining to go in the third. The side judge has got it spotted at the 11. The official put it down at the 10, walked away, then realized, oh, it's got to go another yard. That's when he went back and reset it. So 3.29 left to go in this third quarter. Lions have the football. And... They don't have their full complement of 11 on the field, and now they bring in from the side Deshaun Shepard, who's late getting in. Play clock down to six. Tomlin, play clock down to two, gets the snap away, and he's going to throw it out into the flat, complete to Tucker. Tucker to the 15, and he'll be run out of bounds at the 17-yard line. Gain of seven on the reception, and it brings up second down and three yards to go. 3.20 3.20 and running, left to go in this third quarter. Now Shepard, who just came into the ball game, now leaves. Treyon Taylor comes in for him, and he goes out wide right. Also into the ball game, Kendall Sproul. We haven't seen him for a little while. He came in in the first quarter, but didn't play at all in the second. Dropping back, Tomlin's going to keep it himself. Right up the middle to the 20, 25, cuts to the right, and he'll dive forward to the 30-yard line. Thirteen yards on the scamper, designed scamper by Chayton Tomlin. This kid, boy, you put all of your apples in his basket for next year because as a junior, he's going to be one of the elder statesmen at the quarterback position and should be able to run through this league. Tomlin drops back, rolls out to his left. He's going to switch hands with the ball, cut it to the 35, and he's going to dive forward again across the 40. He's going to be near a first down, and if he's right at the 40-yard line, he's got the first down. And now the officials are going to say there's a flag down, and I think they're going to call illegal use of hands against the Lions on the offensive line. And block in the back called against the Lions. So 225 remaining, and instead of a first down run, It will knock the Lions backwards. And it will still be first down, but it will be first. It will knock it back to the 20-yard line, so it will be first and 20. But the way the Lions' offense has been maneuvering today, this should be no problem. It's first and 20 at the 20. Glines moves in motion. One of the few times we've seen him do that this year. Tomlin is going to throw it up the right side, and he's got Sproul. Sproul goes up, and he caught the ball, and now they say he dropped the ball. Sproul went up. That looked like the Lynn Swan reception back in the Super Bowl about 30 years ago. Sproul went up, caught it, but then couldn't control it as he came down. And the strong safety, Jacob Bickle, is down on his back right where the catch was almost made by Kendall Sproul. Boy, Sproul did a nice job athletically of going up and trying to catch that ball. Now Bickle is up and he's going to need help from the trainers to get off. Looks like his left ankle. 2.07 to go in this third quarter. 
and it will bring up second down and 20 yards to go. Tomlin put that right where it had to be. Sproul went up and tried to make the catch, but Bickle was right there with him, and he had no chance to intercept it. Sproul was the only one that could catch it, and he almost did. So it's second down, 20 yards to go. Mount St. Joseph at their own 20-yard line. With the receivers coming back, four out of the five offensive linemen, the only lineman they lose is Max Swoboda. He'll be a big loss, but they will still have some offensive weapons coming back next year. And Glines, if he decides to come back, he'll be one of those. 2.07 left to go, second down and 20 from the 20. Tomlin drops back, looks over the middle. He's going to throw it deep again. It goes to Sproul, and he caught it that time into Defiance territory across the 50 to the 46-yard line. 44 yard, 34 yards, excuse me, on the reception. Same play. They just went back to the same play, only this time Sproul came down with the football. Boy, Tomlin, when he is accurate, he is accurate. First and ten for the Lions at the 46 of Defiance. They lead it 42-3 to with a minute 40 to go in the third. Tomlin looks to the left, flips it out to Tucker. Tucker at the 45, to the 40, puts his head down, bowls over a defender, and he'll be out of bounds at the 40-yard line after a gain of six. Six-yard gain, second down, four yards to go for the Lions. At the 40-yard line of Defiance as the clock continues to run. One twenty-five left to go in the third quarter. Lions with the football and a big lead. Tomlin drops back, looks up the middle. Flag down, thrown in the secondary. Now Tomlin's going to flip it up. He's got Sproul complete at the 20 of Defiance. Down to the 15. Spins to his right. Still moving the football forward. He's going to be dropped at about the 14-yard line. But there was a flag thrown where the linebackers normally line up at. It may have been somebody for Defiance either reaching out and grabbing a receiver coming over the middle or it will be a personal foul called. The officials already signaled a personal foul, but who's it against? And it looks like it's going to be against Defiance, and the Lions will just decline the penalty. So the Lions decline the penalty after the big reception by Sproul, and they have got it first and ten at the Defiance 14-yard line. You know, a lot of coaches would probably be upset over the fact that you've got a 42-3 to lead with a minute to go in the third quarter and you're still throwing the football, but that's what the Lions have done all year. They just continually throw the football because since Presswood went down and Hastings has had his problems this season, they just have not run the football. The only semblance they've had of a rushing attack over the last five weeks was Darius Pearson. When he got his 100-yard game against Anderson three weeks ago, the ball is spotted. Ball is now they're going to count the penalty. It came. They assessed the penalty after the play was over. So it takes it half the distance to the goal, and it will be at the seven-yard line. First and goal for the Lions at the 
Defiant 7. Tomlin takes the snap, rolls out to the right, directs traffic, now flips it into the end zone, and it is caught by A.J. Glines. Touchdown! Glines went up and brought it down. The senior with his second touchdown of the day, and he just snatched that thing right out of the air. And that makes it 48-2, to the three. Seven-yard touchdown pass from Tomlin to Glines. And sometime tonight they'll put it up on the scoreboard, but that makes it 48-3 to with 50.4 seconds to go in this third quarter of play. And let's see. Will the Lions go? What are they doing here? It seems like they're taking their time. And now they're going to call a penalty against the Lions for unsmanlike conduct after the touchdown was scored. 48-3. And Porter will come in to kick the extra point. Porter has been perfect on extra points today, but he has missed a field goal. And boy, Defiance jumped off sides, but now the flag is thrown, but Porter drilled it through. Was a flag thrown? Doesn't look like there was a flag thrown, but that left end for Defiance. Boy, he came in with a head of steam and was way offside, but no call. So there's 50.4 seconds to go in this third quarter of play. And the Lions now lead it by a score of 49-3. to After years in the same location, the Wishbone Tavern has moved. They are now in the Delhi Plaza. They moved just yards behind where they used to be. But only that location has changed. The Wishbone Tavern is still serving the best wings and burgers in town. And they offer a relaxed, family-style atmosphere. With a full menu of ingredients, fresh ingredients, hand-breaded appetizers, and great wings, your mouth is going to water from the time you walk through the door. The Wishbone Tavern, a proud member of the community, open every day at 11, now in the Delhi Plaza. So they called unsportsmanlike conduct not against the Lions, but against Defiance. So they will move the kickoff up to midfield, and that's where Porter will kick it off from for the second time today. With his leg, he should easily drill this through the end zone if he wants to. Porter will back up, 50.4 seconds to go, and he kicks it off and does drill it right through the end zone onto the track. 50 seconds left to go in this third quarter, and the Lions have opened up a 46-point lead at 49-3. to Boy, when you look at this team, when it comes back next year, Franklin is going to lose 20 of their 22 starters. Rose Holman is losing about half of their starting lineup. Bluffton's got some kids back, but, boy, the Lions are going to be built for a championship next year, depending upon what they do recruiting-wise in the offseason. But they are solidified in the head coaching position with Hopperton getting the job full-time. Getting the handoff is Bennett. Bennett's going to take it right up the middle for Defiance, and he'll cut it out to the 35 for a gain of 10 and a first down. And what now? We've got a player that is hurt, I believe, for Defiance. And that is number 68, who they say has to leave the ball game. He's the left guard, Casey Helton. Helton from Defiance High School, 6'2". 321 yards and 
when he dropped down at the 24-yard line to have them come out and take a look at his ankle, the seismographs around the country started moving. He is a big, big boy. 43 seconds left to go in this third quarter. It is 49-3. And as we've been telling you throughout the afternoon, got women's basketball coming up next Saturday from Cintas. That game will get underway sometime around 7, 7.30. So join us then as the women of Mount St. Joseph take on Hiram. I've got a problem there because my boys graduated from Hiram. Nah, I don't really have a problem. <laughs> 35 seconds left to go in this third quarter. Miko is still in the ball game. Fake handoff. Flips it out to the left-hand side. It is complete to Harvey. Harvey's going to be stacked up at the line of scrimmage and maybe struggles forward for a yard out to the 36-yard line. And that probably will do it for the end of the third quarter. When we come back, it will be second down and a long eight yards to go for a Defiance Yellow Jackets first down. But what a third quarter for the Mount St. Joseph Lions as they have expanded their lead. We are at the end of three from Schuler Field. Fifteen minutes left to go in the season. Your score, it's Mount St. Joseph 49 and Defiance 3. It was seventh grade February. I was at a friend's birthday party but texted my mom to pick me up early. I wasn't feeling well. That was Friday night. By Monday morning, I was in the ER and said my last words for the next five weeks. Maddie was a healthy 12-year-old athlete, so we were shocked how quickly she declined. Her medical team took extreme measures to save her life and get her healthy again. Maddie has an athlete spirit, and thanks to her diligence in rehab, she rejoined her class in eighth grade. I was determined to get back to school and rejoin my teams. Sports taught me what it takes to stay in the game, and that to me is winning. We had no idea flu could be so serious, but the great news is it's preventable. Yearly flu vaccinations for the whole family help us all stay in the game. And now every birthday reminds us of how grateful we are to be in the winner's circle. Protect yourself and your family from the flu. Visit FamiliesFightingFlu.org. Defiance with the football, second down, along eight yards to go for a Yellow Jacket first down as we open up the fourth and final quarter of the season for the Lions. Dropping back, Nico on second and eight. He's going to be hit behind the line to drop. Fifth sack of the afternoon for the Lions defensively. Dustin Applegate getting the sack and also David Gook. Gook, first time we've called his number this year, a defensive lineman, sophomore out of Cincinnati. So a loss on the play of 10 yards. It brings up third down and 18 yards to go for the Yellow Jackets. Miko, the freshman, boy, he's learned a lot today, although he came in with a decent completion percentage of 62%, but he's been nowhere near that today. And 11 touchdown passes, 4 interceptions. Dropping back Miko. Miko on 3rd and 18. Rolls out to the right. Get, tried to get away from Tavon Robertson. Throws it up and it is complete to Stokes. If they say he caught the ball, he's still well shy of the first down at the 33-yard line. And where are they? they say it's incomplete. So that'll take it back to the original line of scrimmage, the 28-yard line. Fourth down, 18 yards to go, and it's punting time for Defiance. 14.03 left to go in this ball game, and 
It's going to be a long ride home for the Yellow Jackets. About a four-hour drive up to northwest Ohio. Robluski comes in to punt the football away. Gets a low end over end kick that Speakman will let bounce at the 35 inside the 30, and it will be downed at the 25-yard line for a 47-yard punt. And the Lions will take it over first and 10 at their own 25-yard line. First men's game is going to be on November the 10th. That's a Friday night. And that will be at the Marietta Classic. We'll be in Marietta to bring you that ball game on Friday night. And then the second game of that Classic will be on Saturday. We'll bring you that one also. So that's what the men have up their sleeves. Check that. That is not the 10th. That's coming up on the 17th. So Tomlin still in the ball game. Flips it out to the left-hand side, and it is complete on the play to Charlie Mullins, who's the backup quarterback, and he caught a pass out to the 27-yard line for a gain of two. Mullins, the senior from Newport, Kentucky, came in. He's playing at a slot receiver. And he goes out wide left. That's his first catch of the year. So Ty Hopperton spreading the wealth to the quarterbacks who aren't getting the opportunity to play this year because of the sophomore Tomlin. Dropping back Tomlin, looking over the middle. He's got a receiver. Glides complete into defiance territory at the 45-yard line. Number one, Jayden Tomlin throws to number four. And he's brought down at the 44, first down for the Lions. And like I said, probably a lot of coaches would be upset over the fact that the Lions are throwing the football, but they've really got no running backs that they have depended upon over the last half of the season to try to run this clock out. 13 minutes exactly left to go in the football game and the season. Trips out to the far side. Mullins is the slot receiver. Flip out and it goes to Mullins. Mullins has got it. Cuts it inside. Now outside to the 45-yard line. Gain of three on the play. You've got two quarterbacks out there playing wide receiver right now for the Lions. Charlie Mullins and A.J. Styrus. The other receivers that are out there are Adam Pearl. He's number 11. You've got Glines. So don't be surprised if if this game was closer, you probably wouldn't see them in, but you could also see some trickeration here with one of these guys getting it on a jet and throwing the ball upfield, maybe even to Tomlin. Tomlin's going to keep it right up the middle on second and seven. Cuts it to the 35, now cuts it to the near side to the 30, and he'll be dropped down at the 28-yard line. Gain of 12 on the play. First down for the Lions again with 12 minutes, seven seconds remaining in the season. Tucker into the ball game. Adam Pearl will step out. Lions will start the football season next year at home against Capital. That's on September the 1st. You'll hear those games here on Ultimate Sports Talk. Tomlin, empty backfield on first and 10 at the 30-yard line of defiance. Tomlin, plenty of time. He's going to throw it up the field to Tucker. Tucker, it's going to be knocked away at the last moment by the defensive back of defiance. That's number five. And five. Davis knocking that pass away. Jerome Davis. He's from Jupiter, Florida, senior. 11.40 left to go 
in the ball game. It is 49 to 3, Lions on top of it. We'll give you those offensive stats over the last four games here in a moment. Tomlin throws it out in the flat, completes the glines at the 22, spins forward to the 21-yard line. Eight yards on the reception, second down and eight. 225 points put up by the Lions in the last four ball games. 225. And they've gone three and one in those four ball games. You'd think if you scored 225 points in four games, you'd be four and zero. Uh-uh. Third down, two yards to go. Tomlin with the play clock down inside ten. Audibleizing at the line and taking up as much time as he possibly can. Now he takes the snap and drops back. He's going to throw it into the end zone. He's got Murphy there, and he overthrows Murphy in the corner of the end zone incomplete. So it'll bring up fourth and two, and Ty Hopperton looks at the side and says, looks at Jerry Porter and says, you want to kick a field goal, can you make it from here? And Porter runs over, grabs his helmet, and now the Lions will just go ahead and go for it. On fourth and two. They've got two quarterbacks, as we said, in it, wide receiver. Mullins and Cyrus. DJ Martin is wide left. Mullins and Cyrus are in the slot to the left. Murphy and Glines onto the right. Empty backfield out of the shotgun on fourth and two. Tomlin gets it over on the right-hand side, complete to Murphy. Murphy cuts inside to the 15 to the 10. He's got the first down, and he's pushed out of bounds at the eight-yard line. 10.40 left to go in the football game. 49-3. to The Lions lead it, and they are looking for more as they have got it first and goal at the Defiance 8-yard line. Tomlin again, empty backfield. With 10.20 and running left to go, Tomlin... Drops straight back. Looks up to the right-hand side. He throws it up to Glorious Glines. Caught in the corner of the end zone. Touchdown inside the pylon for the Lions. Glines with his third touchdown catch of the night. And that makes it 55-3. to Boy, Tomlin put that right where nobody else was going to catch it other than the senior. And Glines went up, tippy-toed inside the goal line. And the Lions have expanded it, and they lead it now by 52, with 10:08 remaining in this ball game. And now the Lions will attempt the extra point with 10:08 left to go. Ball is down, kick is up, and the kick—that is Pearson, Darius Pearson just came in. No, check that. Let's see who that is attempting that extra point. That's Ryan Miller. Ryan Miller, the senior from Boca Raton, Florida, kicking that one through. And with 10.08 to go in the ballgame, your score now, it is Mount St. Joseph 56 and Defiance 3. Inner Blessings Christian Books and Gifts, located on Cincinnati's west side, serving the tri-state area for 19 years. Cincinnati's one-stop shop for Christian books, gifts, art, music, and much more. Special orders are welcome. Find a new Bible in any version. Find books on devotionals, comfort and grief, prayer, marriage, and inspiration. Praise and worship music with instrumentals, greeting cards, jewelry, even clothing. Enhance your walk with the Lord with Inner Blessings Christian Books and Gifts on 4002 Harrison Avenue in Cincinnati. Open Tuesday through Saturday, closed Sunday and Monday. Well, the score here, 56-3. to Mount St. Joseph on top of it. 
in Iowa. The Hawkeyes are leading Ohio State with 9.23 left to go in the first quarter. The Hawkeyes lead the Buckeyes 10-7. to Jerry Porter will kick it off, and it's taken in by Stokes of Defiance at his two. Cuts it up to the 10, to the 15, and he's going to be horse-collared and brought down. Gavin Edmondson grabbed him from behind on the horse collar and brought him down, so that'll add 15 yards to the run back. Ten minutes exactly left to go in the ballgame. Lions lead it 56-3. And over the last four games, I hate keep bringing this up, but when you look at what they have done, 232 points over the last four football games. That is an average of about 58 points per game, exactly. 58 points per game is what the Lions have averaged up to right now over the last four ball games. That is almost unheard of. And they have been a machine. Tomlin has not even been perfect today. He Now they're going to say, is it a face mask? It is a face mask. Not a horse collar. It's going to be a face mask called against the Lions. And that's the 15-yard variety. So it'll take it from the 22 out to the 34-yard line. So it's first and 10 for Defiance at their own 34-yard line. Ten minutes exactly left to go in the ballgame. 56-3. Lions on top of it. Lions coaching staff in the booth to the right of us. They're getting ready Mm -hmm. to just pack up and head home. Handoff goes to Hughes on the right side. He cuts it, goes out wide right, takes it across the 35, out to the 37-yard line. That's a gain of four yards on the play. 9.45 left to go. 56 to 3. Lions lead it by 53. Got one of the girls' basketball players up here. Think you guys can win next week? You got to say something. You can't just nod your head. This is radio. (laughs) She nodded her head, yes. Pass thrown over the middle. It is complete. Out to the 47 yard line and a first down for Defiance. We'll find out next week. That game will be on the air about 7, 7.30. Hate to tell you it's about 7, 7.30, but we don't know what time the Xavier New Hampshire game will get over with. They play at 5. So we'll go on the air right after that one, bring you that broadcast from Cintas Center. First and 10 for Defiance at their own 47. Miko drops back, pump fake to the left. Now he throws it up to the left, complete to Santora. Santora into St. Joseph territory, down to the 30-yard line. That's a 22-yard reception on the play and a first down for Defiance. And they are just trying to make the game a little more respectful. As we said, it's 10-7, Iowa over Ohio State right now in the first quarter. Let's see if we got any other scores for you around the conference or any place else around the state. Miko 
drops back on first and ten from the Lions 29. He's going to throw it into the end zone all alone, Stokes, and he goes in for the score. He beat Logan Day out there on that right side, and he goes in for the score from 29 yards out, and Defiance makes it look a little bit better. It's now 56-9. to Here's a look at some scores from today so far in the conference. Well, forget that idea. We've got nothing from the conference. Ohio Northern is beating Wilmington 42-39. to Wilmington coming back in that one. Mount Union over Muskingum 59-7. to We have got nothing out of the Earlham-Bluffton game. Just nothing coming from that game. Coming in to attempt the extra point. Rabluski, he puts it up. And it is good. 8.23 left to go in the ballgame. Your score. It's Mount St. Joseph 56 and Defiance 10. You want to advance your career through education, but you have a busy family and work schedule. Mount St. Joseph can help. The Mounts School of Business offers an MBA program on Saturday mornings where you can earn your master's degree in two years. Courses are led by faculty who are experts in their areas and taken one at a time, and the GMAT is not required for admission. Classes every Saturday can make a huge difference in your life and your career. Learn more about the Saturday MBA program. Visit msj.edu slash MBA. 8.23 left to go, 56-10, to 10, Mount St. Joseph on top of it. But Defiance making it look a little bit better as they throw a 29-yard touchdown strike to Stokes. His first TD catch of the day, Miko throwing the strike up the field to him. And Defiance with their first TD of the day, pulling to within 46. Robluski comes in, he's going to kick the football off. Troy Speakman back set to return, and Speakman's going to take it in at his 16-yard line. Up the far side to the 20, 25. Cuts now back to the near side, and he's going to be stacked up and down at the 30-yard line for a return of 16 yards on the kickoff. 8.14 left to go in this football game. Speakman returns it for 14 yards to the Mouser 30. It'll be first and 10 for the Lions, and let's see... What they decided to do, they had three quarterbacks in the game the last time they had the football. And now is a Brandon Tidd going to come in? Tidd standing outside the huddle. And it will stay with, is it Chayton Tomlin? Nope, it's going to be Charlie Mullins. Mullins is going to move from the wide receiver spot to the quarterback position. So Tomlin's day is done. And Charlie Mullins is going to finish up. Probably finish up this game. The quarterback, senior from Newport, Kentucky, here on senior day, hands it off to Pearson. Pearson off the left side. He's going to be stacked up at the line, puts his head down and struggles forward just across the line of scrimmage, which was the 30 for maybe a yard. And it brings up second down and nine. Eight minutes left to go in the football season. As we said, next year, September 1st, we will be right back here at Schuler Field opening up the season for 2018, and that will be against Capital. First road game will be the following week, September 8th, and that will be Moorhead. We'll go there. Mullins, the quarterback, out of the spread, gets the snap. Now he's going to run the football off the right-hand side across the 30, 35, 40, and he struggles forward out to the 45-yard line. Number 
15 yards on the carry by Mullins and a first down for the Lions. 7:21 left to go in the ball game. Mullins, the senior, has not gotten a lot of playing time at the signal caller position during his four years here, but he's getting it here at the end of his senior season. And he takes the snap. Fake handoff. Now Mullins is going to keep it off the right side, and he's going to struggle forward across the 45 out to the 47-yard line for a gain of about a yard on the play. Second down, nine yards to go. Mullins now with an empty backfield. Looking things over as the clock continues to run. Six and a half minutes left to go in the ballgame. Second down, nine. And the play clock inside ten. Now inside five. Mullins looking over, and he'll take the snap. Now he'll run the football right up the middle, and he's going to take it out to about the 49-yard line where he is stopped there after a two-yard gain, and it brings up third down and seven yards to go. Williamson checks out of the ball game, Pearson back in, and right now it's just been a steady dose of Charlie Mullins, giving him an opportunity to feel the aches and pains tomorrow morning. Third down, seven yards to go. Mullins as the defiance defense now finally gets up to the line of scrimmage. Had Mount St. Joseph gone ahead and run a play, they might have run for a touchdown because defiance's defense was not ready. Third and seven. Mullins out of the pistol with Pearson to his left. He flips it out to Pearson on the left-hand side, and that's well defended by defiance. Pearson caught it and then was dropped immediately by the corner coming in and picking him up outside, and that was Cam Elder. Elder with the tackle, three-yard loss on the play, back to the 44-yard line, and it'll bring up fourth down, 12 yards to go for the Lions, and Porter comes in to punt it away. Five minutes exactly left to go in the season. Defiance has got one game left. They've got that game next week. Because remember, next week is actually the Lions' bye week. Good snap to Porter. Porter gets a high, booming punt. It's going to be taken in by Mount, by Defiance. Harvey at the 17-yard line. Flag down all the way back where Porter punted the football away. And I think the referee's going to call a personal foul against Defiance for roughing the kicker. I was following the football and didn't see it. And let's see, it is going to be a personal foul. Roughing the kicker. And that will give the Lions the ball back and a first down after the roughing the kicker penalty is assessed. 4.42 remaining to go in the ball game. As I was saying, Defiance is home next week for Bluffton. That's a Northwest Ohio rivalry between the Beavers and the Yellow Jackets. But the Lions, today is it. And that will mark after that penalty. It'll take it into Defiance territory to the 41-yard line, and it'll be first and ten for the Lions 
at the Yellow Jackets 41-yard line. 4.42 remaining to go. This game was decided a long time ago. You might as well have said it was really decided in the second period. First and ten, Mullins the quarterback, empty backfield, moves Tucker in motion. They're going to give it to Tucker on the jet around the right side to the 40, and he'll be pushed out of bounds inside the 40 at the 37-yard line after a gain of four. Second down, six yards to go. This is the extent of the Lions' rushing attack. It's either the quarterback up the middle or a jet. And it's been this way for the last four weeks. But the air attack has really done them well. As the coaches for the Lions have vacated the booth to the right of us, and they are going down to celebrate this last game of the season victory. Dropping back Mullins, pump fake. Now he's going to run it up the middle to the 30, inside the 30 to the 25. Boy, does he want to score. He takes it to the 25, and it took about six or seven Yellow Jackets players to bring him down after a 16-yard gain and a first down for the Lions. Cyrus has got a touchdown today. Glines has got a touchdown today. You would love to see Mullins be able to run one in. I know it would add insult to injury to the Defiance people listening in, but for Mullins, it would be great to see him score. Ball at the 25 of Defiance. Mullins now moves Cyrus in motion on the jet to the left. Fake handoff. Mullins is going to keep it himself inside the 25 to the 24-yard line. 3.28 left to go in the football game. I was just saying, Blake, it would be nice to see Mullins score here. Yeah, Charlie's a good kid, man. Charlie's a he, – he's one of the Mount's true good guys on this campus. Um, he's, he's super – he's actually really athletic. He's held for four years. He's, he's a good kid. He's the type of kid you want around your football program. Um, it would be really nice to see him get, a, get in. But he's also the type of kid that doesn't want to run up the score. He just wants to play. You know, Under three minutes to go. He's got Pearson to his left out of the pistol. Handoff goes to Pearson, and Pearson is going to be driven into the turf by the left defensive end, Jacob Bickle. Dave, I just wanted to jump on here again and first off apologize for all the times I've missed this, this season and tell you thank you from us at the Mount for the service that you're providing us. Oh, this is fun. You're doing a fantastic job, man. We really appreciate it. I know the people out there watching and listening. Uh, this definitely makes their, their game day experience a little better. Our kids love it. It's one of the coolest things they get to see. So oh, That's uh, fun. Thank you. A little Troy Speakman action on offense, I see. Yep, see that. Now Mullins is going to throw it out to Williamson on the right side. Cuts it to the 25. He'll be run out of bounds at the 23-yard line. Gain of four, and it brings up fourth down and about eight here. You know, did you see it at the one time? I know you've been busy with the stat problem, but... The one time the, the Lions had three quarterbacks in on offense, Cyrus, Mullins at the receivers, and Tomlin at the quarterback. I know. I was out actually sitting on the wing on the left side over there uh, redoing the first half stats, <laughs> and I heard Charlie Mullins catch a pass. I didn't even see it, I'm, but I got really excited because he's a kid. He deserves it. Fourth and eight, a minute 40 to go in the season. Mullins from the 23-yard line of defiance. He's going to roll out to the right. He's going to throw the ball up the field, and it is going to be intercepted. Intercepted by Harvey to the 10, and he's going to be spun down at the 14-yard line. So the drive ends for the Lions, but 
With a minute 26 left to go, Defiance has got it first and 10 at their own 14-yard line. Yeah, it's, that's, that's kind of crappy. <laughs> you know what, though? To, to be honest with you, Blake, this team, we've been talking about it throughout the second half. This team's got a lot of talent coming back. Oh, my goodness. Especially if Glines ends up coming back. This team could be absolutely special next year. And when you look at this team, tell me that is not. Okay, that's Crutchfield. I was going to say, tell me that is not Tomlin playing safety. No, I don't think that's <laughs> happening. He's, uh, I mean, you've got Franklin that's losing 20, 20 of 22 starters. You've got Rose Holman that's losing half of their starting lineup. Well, and the biggest thing with Franklin is they're losing a four-year starting quarterback. Right. Um, and I know they recruit well, and they're bringing kids behind him, but they've had a really good run of success at the quarterback position. And I, I'll tell you what, I'll take our guy returning over, not necessarily over, but with anybody that uh, – Let's bring him back. This is a pretty cool moment right here. You get the game in hand. Colby Webb and Nolan Miller walking off the field for the last time in a Lions uniform. I'll tell you what, it's a pretty emotional scene down there watching these guys. Oh, yeah. Nobody's Me- even watching the action on the field right now. Nico handoff to Hughes right up the middle, takes it outside the 25 to the 26-yard line. You know, Tomlin's going to be the elder statesman. You talk about Burton. Burton had 108 <laughs> touchdown passes in his career for Franklin. I was talking about on the pregame show. If Tomlin stays on track right now, he'll obliterate that. Oh, absolutely. Chayton, I think he's over four. He's got six on the day now. Came into the day with 36, I think, something like that. He's got over 40. Um, And he's got over 60 in his career. Yeah, I think he had 26 or so last year. Um, He's the career record holder here. He's the career record holder for yards at this point. Like, Chayton is going to go down as probably the greatest quarterback to ever play in a Mount St. Joseph uniform. And I'm going to give you a stat right after this play that you're just going to have a cow over. That's a farmer's statement. (laughs) (laughs) My family's from Kentucky, man. I get it. 40 seconds to go, or 30 seconds to go. Handoff up the middle to Hughes. Hughes spins it out to the 30. In the last four ball games, Blake, this team has scored 232 points. That's 58 points a game. Uh, these, this offense has started to click. Even in games they played bad, the only game they played really bad as a football team all year was Rose Holman, and and you know even the Bluffton loss. That's a, it's a tough loss, but it is what it is. Um, the guys just dumped Coach Offerton with Gatorade, which is really cool. Uh, all in all, man, it's been a pretty successful season for the Lions. You look back, and there's one game where you think we played bad football, and that's Rose Holman. And even if they're a very good football team, so we could have played our best game and still lost. Um, the game that's on there that we, we look at that we should, probably should have won is Bluffton. Bluffton. Yeah, I mean, you lose. we lost four games this year. Franklin's one of the best teams in the country. DePaul is one of the best teams in the region. Bluffton is the one. I mean, not that they're a bad football team. It's just... You win the Bluffton game. I know you and I have talked about this. You win the Bluffton game. It changes your attitude going into the Rose Holman game. Absolutely. It changes the attitude going into Rose Holman. Um, And, you know, it's a small thing in the grand scheme of things, but Chayton didn't play the first series of the Rose Holman game. Yep. Um, If we score in that first series, we don't go down 14-0, it completely changes the game. Playing Franklin last week, it's 14-7. 
and DJ Martin fumbles on the on the on a play where he could have had a pretty big game. Yep. If we go in and score there, it's 14-14, completely different football game. This, this football team is probably ten plays away from being perfect this year, which is pretty good considering the competition that we played. So and, and they're young. I mean, when you look at this team, I mean, not not just so much Tomlin, who's a sophomore, but the receivers are all juniors, sophomores, and freshmen coming back. Well, and that's a, that's the biggest thing. And, and a lot of times at the D three level, guys leave. Yeah, um, they're not getting paid to be here. Like they're not getting scholarships. Obviously, uh, they're here to play football because they love football. Um, and they'll they'll financial reasons, grade reasons, just can't do it anymore, want to go home, whatever it is, guys leave at this level. The attrition rate is ridiculously high. And I was actually looking at our player board in the in the coach's office the other day, in the assistant coach's office with Coach Coral, and we don't think anybody that really contributes is going to leave for any of those reasons. They all seem like the type of kids that are going to stay around. And that's if you can bring back seventy to eighty percent of every class you recruit, you're going to be unbelievable at this level. You know, Hop always talks about, and, and he's he's done it on the pregame show, and he's done it with us before the pregame show and after, talking about the culture, the culture that he is trying to develop with this program. You develop a culture, and the attrition rate goes down. Absolutely, and as a whole, we have a really high uh, in this school. We have a really high retention rate compared to a lot of schools similar in size in the area. And it's just got to bleed over the football team. It's it's always going to happen. Kids that come here to play football, every one of them thinks they're going to start as a freshman. They're like, oh, it's D3. I can do whatever I want. Show up to class when I want. Show up to practice when I want. And they think it's high school. And they don't understand until they get on the field with these dudes that, hey, uh, these guys can play. Like, the speed is real. The physicality is real. It's, I mean, it's not D1. It's not the SEC, but... These guys play hard, and they're all talented. Every single player that plays an important role for this team was recruited to be here. They didn't just show up on campus. The our coaches know how to evaluate talent. They know how to coach talent. You know, and we're not the top level of D three, but these guys are still really, really good. If you go to a, a Mount Union, these kids would never touch the field. They think they can start. Every one of them that comes from a high D one. Uh, high school program in the state right. of Ohio. I mean, you go to Coleraine or Northwest or St. X or Elder or Moeller, every one of them kids think they can start here as a freshman, and that's just not the case. No. Like, th- these are 23-year-old men. On um, Nolan Miller is a 23-year-old grown man. Yes. Colby Webb is a man. These aren't children. These aren't boys. It's not easy to lace up with these dudes and play on Saturdays. And they've done it really, really well for a long time. Not one of these seniors, like Hop was talking to us about, um, will have graduated the Mount with a losing record on their resume. They've all, they've been, their worst record has been six and four. And, and, you know, that's special. It's a special group of kids. I, I know that personally I'm going to miss them being around this school. 56 to 10, the final score here today. Mount St. Joseph wins it. Boy, if you hop in your car right now, you can get to Franklin. I'm on my way right now. As soon as my guys are packed up, I'm leaving. Blake, thanks a lot. Thanks, Dave. I really appreciate no, what really you've done appreciate for us. You. Really appreciate you. And thanks Blake. to all the listeners. I appreciate it. Thank you. So Blake Watson, the SID here at Mount St. Joseph, he's heading to Franklin. But we wanted to get him in here to give his views on the end of the season. 56 to 10. 
The Mount wins it here this afternoon over Defiance, and the football season comes to a close for the 2017 year. I'm Dave Mitchell. We'll be back with more right after this timeout. If you like great food at a great price and great company, JTAP Sports Bar and Grill on Glenway is the place. The official home for Mount St. Joseph Lions football before and after every game. Pete and his staff provide fast and attentive service with the food and their excellent craft beer selection with 20 different names on tap. On Sundays, JTAPS has the NFL Sunday ticket with a different game on each screen. Monday is wing night, Tuesday is boneless night, and Wednesday is gyro night. Open at 11 a.m. every day at JTAPS Sports Bar and Grill on 6441 Glenway Avenue in Cincinnati. Your home for Mount St. Joe Lions football. Are you a small business owner that wants more customers? Of course. What business wouldn't? I'm Dave Mitchell. What if I told you I could help you increase your customer base, possibly 2,000%? You'd wonder how, right? OneCom Media can give you all the details. We can show you how to increase your customer base and give you a great return on your investment for your website. This means more customers, more business, and more money in your pocket. Get more details by calling me at OneCom Media. The number is 513-268-2799. Increase your customers with OneCom Media, 513-268-2799. So back here at Schuler Field for one final time, the Mount St. Joseph Lions, they win it here today. They finish up at 6-4 and four on the year. They're 5-3 and three in the Heartland Conference, and they should finish up in third place in the Heartland. Defiance, they've got one game left. They're 2-7 and seven overall, 2-5 and five in the Heartland Conference, and they will play next week against Bluffton as they round things out. And we've got the final stat. Oh. Okay. Anyway, 56 to 10, your final score. Our next broadcast, keep in mind, real quick, you don't have to put the headset on. The men's tournament is when? The opening tournament? 17th and 18th at Marietta. 17th and 18th at Marietta. We'll be bringing you that. Then next Saturday will be at Cintas Center. Be careful on your way to Franklin. We'll talk to you later. I'll fill that out for you. Got it. So as we do a little house cleaning here on the air, apologize for that. But anyway, so our next broadcast will be next Saturday around 7.15, 7.30 is when we will be on for the Lauren Hill Classic from Cintas Center as Mount St. Joseph will play Hiram. And then the following weekend, we'll be on the air with the men's tournament in Marietta. That's the 17th and 18th, Friday night, Saturday afternoon with that one. But your final score here today, 56 to 10. Our thanks to Steve Radcliffe and Dr. Williams, the president and athletic director here at Mount St. Joseph University. To Blake Watson, who has helped us out, the sports information director, all year long, and his group that has helped us out all year long. Our thanks to all of the sponsors, to Greg Mitchell for producing the football programs all season long, to all of the coaches and the players that we have interviewed all season long. But most of all, our thanks go out to you for listening here, not only this afternoon, but all season long. I'm Dave Mitchell, one final time, reminding you in this ninth. 2017 football season. It was Mount St. Joseph 56, Defiance 10. Mount St. Joseph finishes up the year at 6 and 4. I'm Dave Mitchell for Blake Watson. Have a good night, everybody. You've been listening to an UltimateSportsTalk.com presentation of Mount St. Joseph University football. This game has been brought to you by the Inner Blessings Christian Bookstore at 4002 Harrison Avenue in Cincinnati. Murphy's Promotions, call 330-464-1970. Mount St. Joseph University, the Wishbone on Delhi. Casa de Sassi in Apple Creek, call 330-830-9760. And by JTAP Sports Bar at 6441 Glenway Avenue.
Join us next time for Mount St. Joseph Lions Sports. This has been an Ultimate Sports Talk Internet Radio presentation. Oh,